0: Mm. What's up, man? I guess mm. who's in the intro with me this week? Who? Steve Lemmy. Hey, I'm Steve It doesn't Lemme. always happen. It doesn't. Right. Welcome to Tune It, everybody. This is Kevin Hafner.
1: Mm.
2: And this is Steve Lemmy. Thanks I for joining us. I don't even remember what to do. I know, you don't even know what to do, do you, right? It was funny, though, because I told you I was listening to the Andy Bellin podcast yeah. for many years ago, and that's when I did solo. Oh, yeah, that was the one you did solo. That was the one where <laughs> I did solo. That was back when I
0: was like, Of the 170 episodes. Well, I didn't realize it, this
2: was even going on without me. And I was like, Wait a yeah. second, why are you doing Like, uh, you know, yeah. I want to do one. Sure. And then I did it. Long. Right. It was long.
0: Yeah, it was like 18 minutes or something. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah, what well, you can do? Make, I, let's not make this But I loved minutes. every one of them. Um, this week on the podcast, we have a great guest. Mm-hmm. some A guy you're working with. Yeah. A guy who has a comedy resume like nobody else. Yeah. Spike Ferriston. Yeah. Spike, Spike Ferriston, Ferriston uh, he has a show now on Esquire Network called. Uh, car matchmaker, right? Car matchmaker. But he also has written for SNL and uh, Seinfeld Letterman. and The Simpsons and Letterman and all kinds of things. So we had a great conversation about that stuff. Yeah. Really fun conversation. Yeah, it's great. Very- Wonky comedy writer conversation.
2: Yeah, you know but I mean? good. I mean, you're, you're talking to a guy who you know wrote for the top yeah. and ran the it's top like, It's the like shows.
0: the Mount Rushmore of comedy he's worked with. That's exactly right. You yeah, know what I mean? That's exactly right. Um, but before we do that, let's do business. Uh, we got a couple shows coming up. Yep uh, We will be in New Mexico Yeah July 14th mm. Thursday night July 14th mm-hmm. At the Santa Ana Car- Star Casino Santa Ana Star Casino Si, senor uh, It's just north of Albuquerque, right?
2: Yeah Haven't been there since Beer Fest This is our big return to Albuquerque To all of New Mexico And tickets are going fast for that, too Which is they are. fun Yeah, there's two there's
0: shows Thursday night One night only Two shows Mm-hmm so uh, go to heffernandlemme.com, heffernandlemme.com, and that's where tickets are. Also, we have those big shows in September, man. We should be keep plugging those things, right?
2: September 9th, we are at the, uh, the theater at the Foxwoods Casino. Yeah, in Connecticut, my home state. It's Friday, September My 9th. home state. That's Foxwoods Theater. Where Kevin is from. And then Saturday, uh, September 10th, we are at the Wilbur Theater in Boston, Massachusetts. That's right. Big shows. Oh, you guys got to come out. It'll be fun. Big shows. We'll have mustaches then, I hope. We're going to have mustaches and, uh, you know, the, the um, maybe one or two of those shows. We might have a special guest or uh-huh. two. Or sure, three. why not? Or three, we should. Why not? Those will be fun shows. Those will be great shows. With our mustaches. But you can get those tickets at com too. Yeah. Just I might go even, on there and get them. I might even do those shows in my uniform.
0: What? Which uniform?
2: The uniform that uh, I can't discuss just yet,
0: okay. still. Okay. Um, hey, I got one other thing to talk about first before we get going. Okay. This episode. It was brought to you by the people at Adam and Eve. Mm. Mm -hmm. By Adam and Eve? It's the best place to buy toys, lingerie, and more. And you know what kind of toys I'm talking about? The kind you can eat. It's not Legos, bro. No. You know what I'm saying? It ain't. It's not you know baseball cards. Mm -mm. You know what I mean? It's not Tonka toy. These are grown-up toys. Yeah. Right? You can get that stuff there. Everything that you or your special someone wants, right? You go to adamandeve.com now, and for a limited time only... You'll get 50% off just about any item. That's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Half price. And when you select your item at 50% off, you'll also receive three free DVDs plus a mystery gift. And let me tell you
2: something. I'm not talking about kid DVDs. You're not talking about the Super Troopers? This, I mean? ain't,
0: this ain't Finding Dory. You know what I'm saying, bro? Uh-huh. I'm talking about grown up DVDs. Okay. You know, you, know, right?
2: you know, some of those uh, animated movies are pretty adult, Kev.
0: Yeah, sometimes they are. And sometimes they like remake them with porn versions. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah uh, Finding door, finding Horry. Well, well, maybe, I don't know. That's maybe. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, that's possible. Maybe you'll get that. Maybe that's what your free DVD will be. Uh, and you know what? They'll also throw in free shipping on your entire order, and and they ship discreetly, so nobody knows the weird shit you're buying. Brown paper bag? Or, I don't know or what it is. like a,
2: a, an alias. They, a they, they don't
0: even tell you, because they don't want anyone to know. Okay, so you, nobody will know you're getting this From stuff. Like
2: Sally Russell Floral
0: Designs. <laughs> right. Wink, wink. Right. Uh, AdamandEve.com. Com. Uh, go there. Go to AdamandEve.com and use the code Chew C H E W at the checkout. That's C H E W at AdamandEve.com. You use that code Chew, and then they'll know we sent you Chew. Isn't that interesting? Chew at Adam and Eve. I love
2: it. You know what I'm saying about that? I'm gonna get something. You know what I'm saying about that? Bring something home to the lady.
0: Um, okay, thank you, admineve.com. We appreciate your sponsorship. Uh, let's move on. Let's go on to the episode
2: now. Okay, Spike Ferriston. You know what I'm going you know to eat on my way out of this into the intro? I'm going to eat some edible undies. <laughs> All right. Mm-hmm. Raspberry. You, you know what you should do? You you yeah, go. I, I bet they've got like a nice, like, a, a, like one of those like sexy jellies that you put on somebody. and lick uh,
0: Okay, them. I could put it on a peanut butter sandwich? Yeah, you could. Okay, so peanut butter and sexy jelly? Yeah, yeah. That's what I mean.
2: Mm-hmm. Edible.
0: All right, everybody, enjoy the chew.
1: Mm. Now entering Nerdist.com. Chew it with a guy named Kevin. Chew it and this other guy Steve. Chew it from the TV and the movies, and now this podcast thing.
0: Chew it, they're gonna get you Chew it, they might even get me. Chew it, but they're gonna get funky on this podcast thing. How's it going? Did we pull you away from uh, festivities.
3: No, July fifth. I was just uh, acclimating to the uh, post-vacation waters. Where did you go? Just down in Newport Beach for a little while with the family. Yeah. Do you? But work? still, it just didn't work for like three days. So I'm just. That's nice. Trying. That's what I did. I tried to
2: work last night. <laughs> I sat down on my computer last night. I was like, ah, fuck. I have such a hard time not. I stress out. Huh? There's so much work to be done in general. I stress yes. out. if I'm not working. Exactly. But you have to take you have a break. To. You have to learn how to do that. But as I,
0: like when you're writing comedy though, mentally it's yeah, hard you'll, to
3: take a you'll, break. you'll get Yeah, we should talk about this. That's okay. topic. Okay. You know, but kids
0: kids are a big you have kids? I have kids. Yeah. So kids are a big help to that because you they make me feel justified
2: in not yeah. writing. Yeah. Which I think is good. Well if you're gonna enjoy your time with your kids. I'm saying like – like I have
3: scientific d- theories on all of this. During dinner time. i happy to share with you. Okay, okay. About let's... how productive, how good you – and how well you write based on vacation time. Okay. Is it, is it valid or no? Is vacation time bullshit or no? Are we recording? Well, yeah, we're recording. Because I'll tell you exactly my theories. On give it vacation to us. Go. All right. And, and this is uh, over a five-year period writing at Letterman. Okay. So let's say we have five or six weeks off a year, and then we're just writing four or five weeks at a time. Right? Right? And every day, your success is measured on how many monologue jokes you get in, how many top 10 jokes you get in, right? right. So I start charting my progress based on my freshness post-vacation versus my staleness at the end of five weeks okay. <laughs> F- writing five days.
0: And is there a percentage number of how, what you pitched versus what gets into the monologue? Is it no, you factor the, that in?
3: The amount of comedy coming out of me is the same. Okay, got okay. it. The amount of success is very different. Okay. But guess where the success lies? What? Toward the end of the uh, five weeks in a row, do why? You, do you think that's where you're having your best weeks? Is it what? because
2: you're like cynical and jaded, and you're just like <laughs>
3: throwing all the <that>, like? <laughs> There's no reason. I, I haven't been able to figure out the reason other than you've just been you've been up and um, you know doing laps. You've been working. You've been working a lot. You're and, lubed yeah. up. You're lubed up. You're yeah. ready to go. Yeah. So by the end of that last week of five weeks in a row, you were tired. You're burned out. But you really having, I was at least, having the most success I had as, as a writer. And then I would come back, like now, after we were just talking about the Fourth of July break yeah. here, and, uh, you know, I'm running underwater here. I'm, I'm trying because to, get, to up get up Because you have to get warmed speed. up. Yeah, I'm try, I can't
2: even read. Sure. Right. I'm trying to read, read stuff. Right? <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I'm just trying to make sense of it, and it's difficult. it's interesting because the the document he's talking about is the one that we handed him right before (laughs) the holiday weekend. But it's you guys
0: are working we're gonna get to all this, but you guys are working together. But but it's it's true though, it's
2: like you're sitting there, you know you want to get it out before the weekend, and so you're all you're just like fired. You guys were perfect. Yeah. You got it you got it at the perfect time. Yeah, and so it's but it doesn't mean that they're gonna read it over the holiday weekend Well you know that, but it's also like you wanna get things off your plate.
0: Right. I know, but I handed shit in on like Wednesday or Thursday. I found out like The entire town was closed on Friday. This is the this is uh, vacation creep. Yeah, the entire thing was, and then it's closed today too. Today's mm-hmm. Tuesday. Yeah,
3: yeah, everybody's gone. So the Pretty agencies every, are closed today. Well, everybody in entertainment is gone till just before Christmas. They're back <laughs> for a week, and then they're gone for another yeah. three months. Yeah. That's the way it works. We're the
2: only ones working today. Yeah, yeah and so I mean, nobody's gonna read your shit. So don't worry about no, it. No, no, it's okay. But while I'm sitting across from somebody who is reading, <laughs> my shit, I okay, read okay I guess either. that's yes. true. Because the, really the hardest working people in Hollywood, let's face it, are the writers. Yes, I guess so. We're yeah. always working. We're always worrying.
0: Yeah, but I you had know, to hand in that cut for Comedy Central, and I was like, "Fuck it, I'm not going to hand a cut in until."
3: No. Right, but here's never hand a cut Fuck in it. to executives who are on their way yeah, out the door. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, you've got extra time to kind of work. It. Yeah,
2: sure. Except but, that that's uh, extra time that you're going to be thinking about it. Yeah, maybe. <laughs>
1: Don't
3: you think we're way more conscientious as writers than anybody else in entertainment? <laughs> <laughs> in our own minds. We're the only ones thinking about the timetable. I, I think
2: so. Oh, yeah. That's been my experience. That's the, the conversation he and I always have. And my entire life as a writer has been like, like lamenting the fact that everything I do, I then have to wait for somebody else to make right, a decision on. Right, And they exactly. take forever. And, they don't, yes. and they're don't, and they always on vacation. Yeah,
1: but yep, they give you
0: shit up until when you hand it in. They they hustle you, and they, they push you, mm-hmm. and then you hand it in, and then they wait. Yes. yes. You know what I mean? So,
3: I wear a lot of different em. hats right now, so I do all of these things. Yeah. <laughs> you son of a bitch. Yes. I'm that guy. I'm the producer. I'm the writer. I'm the guy in front of I make all of the mistakes <laughs> that all, each one of the different roles makes. But
0: the nice thing is you've been on both sides of the fence, so you know... Right, yeah. Conceivably, yeah, you have empathy you. for well, empathy wait, for let, the. I was uh, the, the
3: guy who got coffee. Let's right, introduce I, our guest. Let's introduce okay. our guests. So, okay. so we're so we can, getting ahead of ourselves. Okay, okay.
0: First, okay. Let, let's chew. We're gonna chew. Okay. The name of our podcast is called Chewing It. All right. So yeah. We chew. We do a little chewing. Yeah. You can join us. You're invited to join us. Come on. What if I do some sipping? Yeah, okay. sipping. <laughs>
1: Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. That's delicious.
0: Okay. Yeah. So, mm, yeah. That's so. genuine. He's sipping He's sipping water. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that's good. That's real. That's a good sip right that's there. That's the
3: name of my podcast, Sipping. Sipping it. Yep. <laughs> sipping it with Spike Ferriston.
0: Okay. I, All right. Joining us on the podcast, he's a writer. He's a comedian. He's a TV host. He's a TV personality. Spike Ferriston. Yeah. He, I, if you go through his resume, it's really like a comedy geek's wet dream. Th- yeah. Th- <laughs> it really is. Like, I, I was, it's like, SNL, Letterman, The Simpsons. I mean, you've worked on it with all these things. The Simpsons, Seinfeld. Mm-hmm. Those are like the four horsemen of the apocalypse of comedy right yeah, there. Yeah,
2: Right? But with Seinfeld. Amongst um, other things. A, a, a producer, showrunner mm-hmm. of Seinfeld. Yeah. And really in like, I mean, it's unbelievable. I was looking at your resume. I mean, you have uh, penned slash supervised some of the classic episodes oh, yeah. of Seinfeld. This is the dick sucking part of a dream team. Did we tell you guys? This is the dick sucking part. Dick sucking with Kevin and Steve. Yeah.
3: Well, you know, it was a, obviously Larry and Jerry. Yeah. were the guys running that show for many yeah. years. When when Larry left, we all kind of shared responsibilities. Right. You know, um but it's really it was a dream team of guys and yeah. girls who uh, put that together. And we all contributed to every to each other's scripts.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. I have like specific questions I want sure, to ask about Seinfeld. On me. Should I wait well, or should well, we go in order here? Well, let's wait. I, I always go, like, I have a list. We're talking you know? about Seinfeld. Why don't we I dive in? So we okay. dive in. Okay, okay let's do it. All right, so you jumped in at Seinfeld kind of like, was it in the middle of the run or was it? Uh... Season
3: 7 was okay. my first season. So okay. I was on for the last three years.
0: And they hired you on to be a writer. Um, what's that? They hired you on to be a writer. You yes. joined as a writer. I had, a team I had of writers. Um,
3: written a submission the year before and not got hired. Okay. Um, which is. Uh, Let's. See. I was in New York. I was running for Letterman. Yeah. They asked me if I wanted to do a submission. These two writers, Tom Gemmell and Max Pross, who were friends of mine, yeah, who coincidentally got me on Letterman, too. So okay. they were kind of helping me, you know, with my career. Um, And then you would write a couple pages of ideas, just little shreds of this happened to me at a party or something or other. And then you would go to Larry David's house. Right. Not not at all intimidating. Sure. For a young writer who did not live in California to walk into the Pacific Palisades mansion (laughs) of Larry David. (laughs) Sure. Walk into his kitchen, be greeted by his maid. Yeah. Yeah. Larry's nowhere to be found. His dog's there. So I thought I'd make nice with the dog. And I put my hand on its head and it just peed all over his kitchen (laughs) floor. <laughs> Big yellow puddle. He was psyched about this that. This the start of that pitch. <laughs> right, right. And then Larry David walks out. and He goes, "Let's sit outside of the table and you pitch him ideas." Right. Not at all difficult. And you're not on uh, the, you the staff. The job. You're not on the job. I'm not a staff. Right. No, okay, I'm a Letterman it. writer right. who doesn't quite know anything about half hours. Sure. Okay. Right. Um, and he liked a lot of this stuff, but they only had one spot, and they hired um, these two other writers that year. Okay. Um, Berg and Schaefer. Sure. Who, right. Yeah. And I was like, whatever, you know. I, li- I like Letterman, and I had written a, you know, a Simpsons episode. I mean, things were happening for me, so I thought something else would come along. But about nine uh, months later, yeah, Seinfeld did Letterman, and um, I, it was a Friday. I remember, and I uh, you were working on that staff at the time. I was working on Letterman. Yeah, done for the day. Had drank, had a couple beers, was smoking cigarettes in my office. Uh-huh. That's the way I wrote back okay. in those days. Okay. Get on the elevator, going down. Uh, <laughs> That's
2: New York writing, right? Yeah, the New York writing. Yeah. He, d- he doesn't mention the cocaine. <laughs> no, no. Yeah. We never did coke in the offices.
3: Yeah. That was not us. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But when I get in the elevator, it's Seinfeld. Oh. He's there talking to uh, the segment producer, and they're chit chatting. Yeah. And uh, I can—I I knew they get on the 14th floor, and I think we were on the 12th floor. And, and I could tell by the small talk they were making, because it's just the three of us, that they were going to run out of conversation. Right. And Mary Connolly, who's now Ellen DeGeneres' producer, was going to turn and introduce me, right. and, which I did not want to happen because <laughs> I had just failed. Why? Why? I Are you nervous? Wa- okay. Why well, do I don't want to talk to this guy? Sure. He didn't hire me. Okay. I wasn't the guy. I was a little. Pissed okay. off, frankly. <laughs> Claiming i Larry David, though. <laughs> I was a little, well, whatever. It's misplaced. <laughs> right, right, okay. So, Jerry Seinfeld, by eighth floor, silence, seventh floor. This is one of our writers, Spike Ferriston. Right. Oh, you're kidding me. <laughs> hey. <laughs> <laughs> nice to meet you. Don't make eye contact. Didn't you do a submission for us? Holy right. shit, you I never I really heard back about the submission. Right. That's the other thing that I forgot to mention. Okay. So, I'm also carrying that anger. Like, yeah. Right. Did I pass? Did I fail? didn't you do a submission for us? I'm like, yes, yeah, I did, uh, a few months back. And he goes, whatever happened to that? And I went, shouldn't you know? (laughs) And then I just, ding, door opens, and I took off. Oh, wow. And I walked up Broadway just going, fuck, Uh, did I just do that to Jerry fucking Seinfeld? You snapped on him. I snapped on him in a
2: big way. He's like, what's the deal with that guy? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) What's the deal with Spike Ferriston?
3: But shortly after... uh, I was brought back to do another submission. Same thing, same okay. dog, same place. Went to
2: Larry's house, Okay. and I was hired. So, okay. and that submission. And I'm was not even soup sure Nazi, say he
3: it. remembers any of that stuff.
2: But no. What Was it, uh, Was his maid uh, old and Jewish, or was she Hispanic? In, in, well, <laughs> I think it was an old
3: Hispanic okay. maid, yes. Okay. And so
0: you come in for season seven, and season you're on the staff. Season seven was
3: my first season.
0: And I, I read the first episode that you kind of wrote was The Soup Nazi. The Soup Nazi. One right. of the most famous Seinfeld yes, episodes. But right? no,
3: no one ever knew. I didn't know. Sure. In fact, I didn't even pitch it as an idea. It was just a I – was, I, was, uh, I had pitched seven or eight ideas that they kind of liked. Yeah. And then I knew I really hadn't connected, so I was kind of flop-sweat storytelling. Yeah. They're like, oh, so what's going on in New York? And I said, oh, you know, there's this guy called the Soup Nazi, and they started right. laughing really hard, much harder than they had been laughing at my actual. <laughs> <Yeah. pitches. laughs> right. So I
2: just kept telling that Wrong story, that.
3: and they went that. There's your first episode. By the way,
2: isn't that the, the greatest lesson about comedy writing? Right there, the things you think are going to be hilarious are mostly not. Oh, and, you'll
3: never know. Yeah. You yeah. never know. That's a good piece of advice that Rob Burnett gave me once, uh, who was executive producer of Letterman, who just said, you're never going to. As long as you keep throwing stuff out there, you'll never know what's going to hit. Yeah, but stuff yeah. does, and you can't really predict it soup Nazi classic example of that in fact yeah. I thought very low odds I thought this is a show canceling <laughs> episode it's so bad <laughs> but was
0: that one of those ideas like when you were in New York that's the place that you had gone a couple times and that's where you
3: yeah, saw yeah, the I, real guy and... I was storytelling yeah yeah I used to go there yeah with Dave Hansen. Yeah. And, and he, he's the guy who introduced me. He said, you got to order the soup right, but the soup's great. I go, what do you mean you have to order the soup right? Right. If you don't order it right, it's going to take it away. Right. And, and I said, don't, <laughs> I think I know how to order soup. Will you just shut the fuck up? Right. And let's go. Show me where this guy is. And sure enough, I didn't get soup that day. Right. <laughs> because
2: how do you order uh, the soup wrong? How do you, in real life?
3: Well, you don't dilly-dally. You don't make small talk. no fucking around, bro. Just order. No. It's it's the minimum amount of words back to the real guy. (laughs) It's, you know, crab bisque. And you, and you hold your money out and then you immediately step to the left. Any any deviation from right. simple you're formula, Fuck. you're fucked because he's trying to get as many people in and out as he can. Yeah. And he's got no patience for idiots.
0: And so no? it, if that's your idea and you're on that staff, do they let you run with that then? Do yeah, yeah. you write the do you write the script? Yes, How does it work on a TV staff? Do so you, you write take that idea?
3: idea. So so he goes, that's a hilarious story. It's pretty much what I just told you. Yeah, he goes, yeah. that's, that's your first episode. Yeah. I went, oh. Great. And I went back to the other writers and, you know, their, Pat's on the back. We heard them laughing. Obviously, you connected. I don't know if they were listening outside the door. Right. I said, but I'm genuinely confused. I don't, I don't know what that means. I was just telling them a story about sure. this soup guy. And they're like, well, you got to figure out a way to turn it into an episode.
0: And the, the B-plot, I think, was like an armoire being sold or, so, right. or stolen or something, right? Right. So, so
3: you would go back to your office. You you had a dry erase board. They insisted everybody work on dry erase boards. Okay. And you would start to figure out what the first act is. Yeah. You know, who's going to the soup Nazis? Is it Jerry? Is it George? How is it working? Is he George's guy? Maybe. I think Kramer can appreciate the genius, so he knows him. And then the other part of it was one of the stories I had pitched was I had a, was dating a girl at the time who uh, showed a little too much lovey-dovey talk while we were Okay, a PDA. Really embarrassing. Right, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah right, hair, right. right, right. And I pitched that idea to the, both of them, but then Larry came up to me separately and said, look, you know, between you and me, Jerry and uh, Shoshana are doing this a <laughs> <laughs> So uh, I really want you to do that story because it's, it's been bugging <laughs> me. They're, they're right. doing all that stuff. So, right. uh, you know, that's how that story got in. And the armoire, again, was... I had ordered a piece of furniture from the 26th Street Flea Market once, bought it, brought it back to my place on a Saturday, and they wouldn't let me bring it into the uh – yeah, into the apartment building. There was a moving, sure. you know, thing. Sure, we had a guy so, like that too. Yeah, yeah. Mine ended up being fine, but still, yeah. it was like, well, what? What do you do? Do you guard yeah. an armor right the And then what? If it gets stolen, who steals that? Right. You know, right? And you know, that was the big question of the episode. We were trying to figure out until right. we got to the. To, and
0: so you marry them. You married them, in, yeah, in and yeah, and then you
3: blend storylines wherever you can connect them. And then Jerry and Larry would really you know run the ball down into the goal line. Yeah. yeah. You you would
2: do a draft or two and then they would take it over and go we got it. But when yeah. they say when they say okay that's your first episode, do you know at that moment in time it's going to be one of the 23 that's airing that season or is this, this is the first one? Well, you
3: know that they want you to get it ready. And as it yeah. develops and if you can get it to the act break and they're happy with it. They'll they'll stop in your office once or twice a week to see where you're at with it, and you just pitch them ideas, and they'll throw up ideas on it. When they feel it's ready to go, they'll slot it in. But yeah, you're in good shape.
0: Was it a weird situation though for you? Like you, like we've done every time you walk onto a or you walk on as a guest onto a TV show, whatever mm-hmm. it is, you're walking into a world that already exists, a family that's already together. You came in like in, in, later on in the game. Was that hard thing to do? Were people set in their ways? Is it hard to come in as a writer?
3: You know, in a lot of ways it was easier than the Letterman situation. Yeah. Which you know, I was surprised when I walked into this tiny bungal- bungalow in CBS Radford yeah. that this was the great Seinfeld. I was expecting a skyscraper. <laughs> yeah, uh, sure. You sure. Know, with with script floors of script supervisors <laughs> yeah, yeah. and executives, and I could not believe that it was just this small group of uh, men and women How making this a team great show. How big of a team is
0: that? What's the number of a writing staff for that? Like
3: the Seinfeld well, writer. I, I don't remember Were it ten of us? Okay. Ten of, ten or so? Yeah. But but nobody else in the bungalow, you know? Yeah. And you'd have this big hangar where you shoot the show, but it was such a small operation, and Larry and Jerry were just so down to earth and, and nice that, you know, immediately I felt comfortable. Yeah. It's so, You know, and, and, they, and they were saying things like, you know, don't pitch us ideas, come in and tell us stories from mm-hmm. your life. I mean, right. who doesn't want that job? That's great. Yeah. Right? And yeah. well, you're coming in after a week and going, you're not going to believe what this girl did to me or what she said to me and what I wanted to do. Yeah. Yeah. So
0: Was there like a situation, because uh, I did an episode of Curb and... uh You know, the way I I get the idea that it was different than Seinfeld in the sense of like, it's the same kind of humor, but Mm -hmm. like, was there any idea back in Seinfeld about unscripted kind of
3: acting, or was the network thing very. No. Very scripted. No, it looks like Larry figured out how to get out of writing scripts, yeah. Right? right? Yeah, right. Exactly. It's essentially the same. Yeah. He's doing He's doing everything except now putting uh, words on the paper. Okay. That's essentially the Seinfeld script. Because well,
0: that's what, like, when I did Curb, it seemed like such a coup for those guys. Yeah, you know I mean? yeah. It's like
3: they walk up, they get on the set, and like, I'm going
0: to kind of say this, and you kind of say that, and
3: Yeah. and then, okay, go. Yeah, you know? well, Jerry is, you know, that's a good question for him. I can tell you, just knowing Jerry, he loves to write things down and get every word perfect. Yeah. You'll see it in the stand-up. Baby. Yeah. Thing I've is,
0: seen it where he just adjusts word right, by word right. his and, thing, and looks
3: and everything to you know maximize the laugh effect. Yeah. And you know,
2: I guess Larry's not that
3: way. Right. <laughs> <laughs> he has a different thing way to do it. You're <laughs> right. right. And this is all Larry. You know? And so, is
2: that why is that why I mean is that why ultimately they start or Larry started to pull back on the running of the show? I you know, the story was
3: every year that uh, early on that when the show got picked up Larry would cry. <laughs>
1: <laughs> like for
3: real like he would say he'd really cry because he agonized over these scripts he cared so much about yeah, them yeah. and he, we've all seen who this guy is you know, they, they, you know they're not just gonna let stuff go they want it perfect yeah. they want it to be great and that's a painful process so yeah. um, I think Larry may have just had enough of it, <laughs> yeah, <that was> it. <laughs> if he had enough after the first pickup right? after six episodes and you know it was
2: like Jesus Christ We've got to do more of these things. Yeah, 23 you know? episodes a year is, yeah. is no joke. Right. Did you see big collaborative arguments between those two guys? Oh, all the time, but
3: really fun ones, really fun. You yeah. know, it, it, never, it was never, uh, never nuts. I remember once Larry David punched the wall and put a hole in it, but I can't remember <laughs> why he did that. And I'm guessing it was probably about the network. I totally forget why he did that, but it was... Uh, you know, the best kinds of arguments ever, you know, about, you know, can a golf ball go in a whale blow? <laughs> does, it, <laughs> right, does this show right. do that? Well, right. if we show it, we don't do that. But if we just hear about it, maybe we do.
0: Yeah. So, you know. How, so how did you – you ended up being uh, like a supervising producer for that. So you uh, – Yeah, they're all
3: just writing positions, you know. Okay. When I got hired on the show – um, I, I said I told I told CA, I go. I don't care. This is the greatest show on television. Sure. Don't even negotiate. Just whatever yeah, they want. I I'm went in. I'm in. So I started as a program. It's a stupid thing to do too because I could have started
1: a little harder than I <laughs> right, did right. and got paid a, a little, little more, more salary. More. Yeah.
3: But it didn't matter to me um, at the time. And uh, you know, as you came back year after year, you just negotiated the new uh, title. Yeah. Until you, yeah, I guess I as producer, or supervising producer, whatever it was. But yeah. so,
2: okay, so like the soup Nazi episode. What? So the, the thing airs. It airs right. And it just becomes an instant classic. Do- no, the two steps I always tell people are this. One, the last minute
3: of the edit room with me and Larry in the edit room, I thought I was going to be fired. <laughs> really? He and I both thought – I could tell, and maybe I'm just misreading him, but I thought, boy, this is the worst fucking episode of Science i ever written. <laughs> right. And this guy hates me because of it and he hates working with me. Whether that's real or imagined of my broken psychology, I don't know. The show airs, and I watched it alone with my dog Cooper. Yeah, as little we rented this little house on uh, run, by Runyon Canyon, and I just watched it there on Thursday night, right? Mm-hmm. And I went, "Fuck this! Real that really was bad."
1: That was a bad <laughs> <laughs> and
3: then I went online, and forums were just getting going, fan forums and stuff. But there was a Seinfeld forum, and it just said. Blink. Worst episode ever. Oh,
2: oh,
1: proceeded to
3: tear it oh, and I no. went fuck. I right. knew it. Right. And I fucking knew it. And then I met. You know, we would meet after the show down at this bar on Fairfax. So we'd all go. I went down with the other writers, and you know, they consoled me. me. So. <laughs> <laughs> hey, don't worry about it, Spike. And then the it next time. morning, um, you know, I'm you know just ready to you know to start over, dusting myself off. And Jerry came in. I remember he came in. He goes, "Boy, I got a lot of phone calls about the show last night. A lot of great phone calls. And I, you know, I don't know if that." happens or doesn't happen or, or whatever. But then his assistant came and said, look, you're not going to believe this on the, on the NBC feed. They, it was on the news. It was on the local NBC news, um, the Soup Nazi episode. Right. Based on the real guy, yeah. everybody, because everybody in media in New York had been going to this guy, they recognized the character. Right. So it exploded from that moment. And then ratings came in, and then you know it became apparent that this was, had a life of its own. Yeah. And but s- uh, nobody could have been more surprised than me, still. Yeah. That anybody cared.
2: And then did Larry David come in and, like, pat you on the back or give you a Coca-Cola or <laughs> No, not at all. No. He didn't throw his jersey at you? We
3: all patted each other. I mean, Larry and Jerry are a big part of that episode. The whole writing staff. Everybody, you know, it was such a great collaborative effort that, you know, we all were happy that we had connected. And we always, you know, we all connected on other people's scripts, too. You know, it was just the way it was. But yeah. it, it was a, it was a very high-speed race car that if you put the right fuel in it, if you threw an idea into that situation— you know, you could make that happen over and over again, yeah, just yeah. because of how big that show was, and and you know at the time. I yeah. guess
0: that's uh, another question. like, so you were there at the end, so it's like, was was the pressure building as as you were moving into the last season, like the last season, and you had to create those last episodes? I mean, was that?
3: Um, no, they, I mean, the seventh season. I remember after the Soup Nazi episode, and I yeah. think Dave Mandel had written some. You know, I think they just wanted to hear more, they, they liked the fact that I had just come from New York and had been living there for five years and could kind of talk intelligently about what was happening there. Right. You know, just from my personal experience, which you only kind of get from living there. And, and you know, that season I remember, you know, that they just wanted more in New York because these guys, yeah. they, they had been out in, out in the valley shooting their show and they, they were away from this place that they loved. It was really, though, after Larry leaves that we were all like, oh, now... What do we do? And what you season know, was that? Was that- That's at the end of 7. Okay. You're like, well, that's George. And, yeah. you know, Jerry and Larry make this show. They're the engine that make it work. And now, you know, Jerry's going to have to do everything, right. including Star in it. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, we'll, you know we're going to have to help him do that. But we're not as equipped as Larry David. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. As much as we like to think we are, we're not. Right. You know. And but this- didn't he
0: come back? He came back. He came end? back to
3: do the finale episode, okay. but he didn't do uh, 8 or 9. That was us by ourselves okay. with Jerry, and Jerry pretty much did the whole deal. So, right. we would do teams of um Jerry would run it and we'd have uh y- you would execute produce your own episode if you wrote it, and if it was a younger writer, sometimes you'd do their episodes. Yeah. yeah. You know, that's how it worked. And two or three other writers on a team and there we are. What was it like as you got to the end? I mean, was it like a there weird were, like, There were there were a lot of battles. Or? Well, yeah. I mean, story-wise, there were a lot of battles over what the characters would do. Yeah. Because now we didn't have, you know, Jerry uh, could keep as much control as he could on it, a lid on it, but there were a lot of writers jockeying for a position and to be showrunner, <laughs> to be declared the showrunner. Yeah, right? And, uh, you know, I always thought that the characters frequently were out of character, you know, yeah. in those last couple of seasons. Yeah. So,
0: um, well, I think that one of those episodes, and I think maybe you had, you wrote this episode, but which kind of went back to the mm-hmm. old way I felt was that Puerto Rican Day Parade one
3: Yeah I I'm credited but I yeah. didn't really write it Okay yeah. I mean I
0: felt like that one would, that was the Second to the last episode, maybe, or something like that. Is, oh, yeah. Third to last. Yeah, something yeah. Like we that. got in yeah. trouble for that. You sure? Yeah, did. yeah. There's sure lot sure of, a lot of problems. <laughs> with that.
3: But it, the, the idea was never about Puerto Rico, the Puerto Rican Day Parade. It was about how you could never get across town when there was a parade. absolutely. Right.
0: And you know, we've talked, we it all the time. He grew up on uh, eighty six, East, East eighty six. Right, right.
2: Yeah, yeah, every, yeah, it was every parade ends with, in with New a York fucking City. nightmare. It was a, it was a nightmare? Yeah. Always uh, that one. And St. Patrick's Day were the worst
3: days of the year. Yes. But I, you know, wasn't there a flag burning in that episode? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I, the flag burning. I do remember objecting Stomping to that. Stomping on the flag, yeah. <laughs> going, guys, you can't burn anybody's <laughs> yeah. flag. But, you know.
0: I think I read that. I think NBC
2: pulled it out of, like, the rotation for yeah, sure. Uh, Why not? Uh, You're burning a Puerto Rican Day
3: flag. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Now how, how I am curious about that. You're the, Puerto Rican. How do you feel about I that? am Puerto Rican. Yeah, we hated it. <laughs> no, no, I didn't did. <laughs> But you hate the Puerto Rican Day Parade. I hate, you. I hate the Puerto You're Puerto Rican Day. Oh, and you hate God. the Puerto Rican Day Parade. Yeah, I hate all parades. All
1: parades are bad. <laughs> I do. I hate even all even a
2: Duda parade is terrible. <laughs> 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 I hate them all. I honestly do because of because that they all you know, Gracie Mansion's on East eighty sixth Street, and so every parade ends there on mm-hmm. East Eighty Sixth Street and everybody's wasted. Yeah. And there's garbage all over the place.
0: Right. Like,
3: this is akin to and i said a Akin. i always right. work a kin into every okay. interview okay. there it is for all of okay. you. thank you the obama lock here yeah oh yeah whatever you think about the president it's a pain in, it's the, a ass. Pain in the ass <laughs> when he's in town hillary clinton's in town yeah, it's or Biden or that, else. Yeah. that's what that story was about just that you're stuck and oh yeah you know not it had
2: nothing to do with puerto rican day you yeah know? Know. that's all I so you, all like, I you, you like you like puerto it. ricans for the record I, I like everybody. You're a man from the planet Earth. Steve, Lemmy's Puerto I Rican. Am. I am Puerto Rican, yeah. but I denied my Puerto Ricanness. <laughs> you did when? all through high school. <laughs> oh, you did. Well, this is actually into, bridge into the Andy Bellin conversation. Okay. Like, right. you know, my group of friends was very eclectic. <laughs> yeah, we had all races. All you know, it's like we're, none of sure. us were racist, but we would just abuse each other. Right. abuse each other, and, and our ethnic heritage was one of the things. And I knew that if they knew I was from Argentina, if they knew that I had Puerto Rican blood, in New York City, Puerto Ricans were not well looked upon okay let's just say okay mm-hmm. and so i didn't ever I, since west side story came yeah i guess out. so yeah. yeah you
0: were shark or jet
2: yeah so so i hid the fact that i was puerto rican from my friends okay. i told them my grandmother on that side of the family was spanish oh my god <laughs> and uh, in fact <laughs> you son of a bitch well the funny thing was then that like when i was 30 or something i was like holy shit my friends do not know that i'm puerto rican i've never told them i'm puerto rican and it took me five years i kept forgetting to tell them and then finally at 35, I told him, and it's, it's still the gift that keeps on giving. If you, if you had marched in the parade, you never would have had to tell anyone. I know.
3: Shirt
0: <laughs> off.
2: <laughs> quietly done. That beer in hand. Yeah. Throwing shit all over the sure, street. Sure. I've been awesome, dude. Burning flags. I know. Yeah. yeah. Um, but let's go back. Can we go back? Let's go back in
0: time. Uh, uh, SNL was co- probably one of your first jobs? Or, yes. Or, uh, I was an intern. Uh, okay. I was an intern. And did you work your way in? Because we had a lot of friends who were interns, and- NBC and C B S and you work your way into the shows in different ways, right? Try to get but, jobs. But you weren't there.
2: even you weren't even didn't even want to be a comedy writer. You were a music No,
3: I didn't even know what a comedy writer was. Yeah, I was in music school in Boston. Yeah. And and I was watching a lot of Letterman when it first came out and I went, shit, that's that's yeah. I gotta work on that. That's yeah. the only thing on television oh, that speaks to me. It's in fact the only thing in the world that's speaking to me right now yeah. and connecting with me. So it was really a chance meeting with the ex girlfriend of the graphics guy. Okay, who took care of both shows, SNL and Letterman? Okay, who started as a hostess in this bar where I was bartending in Boston, ah, mm. Beantown? You're a asshole. As I was, I'm a asshole. As okay. I was shaking her hand, <laughs> I said, "Can you get me an internship?" And she said, "Yeah, this this guy I just broke up with, this graphics guy, is still in love with me." Himself. He'll do anything you know i'm just meeting her. he'll do anything that i'll say i'll call him right now, yeah. and she got me an internship. Did at he, thirty round right. Did he ever ask you like, are you fucking her, are you fucking her? <laughs> <laughs> No, you know it's funny. she never came up okay. like i, was, I w- it wasn't quite clear that that they were in love before, but she was uh, way too hot for for him out yeah. of his league, yeah, okay, yeah, way out of his league. All right. And, and so they got you on board into the page program, or how
0: did
2: that work?
3: No, no, I wasn't a page. You were not a
0: page. No, no, no. Oh, no no no, 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 Kevin
2: Heffernan. Sorry. Sorry. Yes. No, 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 no. There's the blue-collar worker. Right. Yeah. The intern.
3: Right. Okay. And then there's the blue blood. But I thought the pages the page. become the interns. The pages are the connected, I okay. found in my experience, the Ivy Leaguers. Oh, the man. children and nephews okay. of executives. Still working for free, though, right? Or no? What's that? Pages? They might still be working for three, but they three. were... Yeah. There's a little bit of a rivalry. Okay, Okay. The interns, like myself, you had to find your way into that. Most of the time, by yourself okay. back in the day, hmm. so and I, true I didn't know chick that was in love with yeah, a guy. Graphics dad test. is a salesman. My mom was a nurse in right. Massachusetts. I didn't know anybody in show business. Okay, you know, I think once I went to see Rex Trailer in okay. the local. <laughs> remember Rex Trailer or some PBS? You know, I don't know anything about it. So I was really coming in not knowing anybody. Anybody, but I just had a good work ethic. So okay. I would sleep on friends' floors in New York half the week and go in and intern on these shows and work my ass off. Yeah, and um, and
2: what was it? Just gophering stuff, like running shit around, or was it re- literally
3: getting Bud Talls and cheeseburgers for the graphics people? Yeah, okay, yeah, that's what I did for the most part. And then the only real work I did was finding graphics, they didn't have paint box back then, so I would have to find the pictures for the weekend update jokes to put up there. Yeah. Okay, so if it's a Snoopy joke, you know, i you might find me in the library tearing out <laughs> a picture <laughs> of <laughs> Snoopy, putting it in my jacket, or okay. going to AP and searching through files for pictures of presidents. It's easier, you know, that's these how they days. did it. These yeah. days, it's easier. Yeah, a lot <laughs> easier. But I was yeah, I was running around New York, New York and so did you, so you worked your way up at SNL. Right? Uh, no, then I was offered an internship at, at Letterman, which oh, okay. was to me the dream job. Right. So I pretty much dropped out of college, sold everything I had. Oh, man. Which I had enough money for a month in New York and okay. moved to New York. What um, year? Can I date you? What year is this? Am I allowed to it's date? It's got to be eighty-eight, eighty-nine. Okay. That's what. Yeah. Somewhere in there, eighty-six. Some oh. 80, somewhere in there. Okay. Um, and right. I think four weeks in I was a week from running out of money I got offered a job as the receptionist at Live they called up and said we want to give you a paying job okay. answering phones Okay, and I, I passed on it <laughs> <laughs> I, and, and the people I was working for at Letterman were like what the fuck are you doing that's right. a job I am right. like, "I know but this show is way cooler right. yeah. you know, it's Dave the interns and they said look you're, you're fired we're right. just going to fire you because you're making a really stupid <laughs> sure. move all in the I same go, building right? You, all in the same building same right? building right. Okay. they go you, you don't have any money you don't have a job I go don't worry about that. I'll figure that out. I yeah. said, "No, you're out." They go, "You got to go take the job now." So <laughs> they fired me from that job, and uh, I started answering phones for SNL.
0: Okay, and and did you move beyond that, or did you?
3: I wrote. Well, what I quickly realized was I was sitting right in front of Kevin Nealon's office, and, okay. D- and Dennis Miller and uh, and Carvey and those guys, and uh, Conan had just started, and Ben Stiller was there. Yeah, you know, It was, yeah, a, yeah, it was yeah. a really
2: cool. Uh, Odin Kirk was a new mm-hmm. writer, right? Oh, so how, how, how did that look? But, uh, like, th- there's everybody has an office? Yeah, everybody has offices. And the writers and the the cast members are co-mingling with each other?
3: Yeah, everybody's there working. Um, but I was sitting, like, that door right behind you, where yeah. you are a few feet away, that okay. was Dennis Miller. Okay, and, right. and not a lot of people were writing jokes for him, Weekend Update jokes. So I thought, well, why don't I take a shot? Because I'm just answering phones and reading newspapers. So I'd write jokes all week and... Hand him was he respe- and, receptive when you would give him? A, you know, when I was I've uh, been jokes. turning him in. I think when I was an intern and having no luck. But the the last day, the last show, I got a joke on, okay. uh, and that was like smoking crack for the first time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and, oh, when I saw my joke. I went fuck. Right. So when I got hired, I just started in earnest. Really, just you know, nothing. Did the joke no do well? Dating. No, going out, just, just working. working and writing, working and writing, working. You're like a writing. pro athlete. No sex. Just, no, yeah. Yeah, well, just comedy. Yeah. Just, just writing five jokes, the five hacky jokes before the joke I would turn in yeah. was what I was doing. And I started having a lot of luck getting stuff on the air. And then people were going, who wrote that joke? It was that kid spike. Yeah. And then suddenly- All for Dennis Miller? Or are you, are all you for branching Dennis? out? Okay. No, I did a little. I think I got, uh, I would write for Jay. Through a writer on Letterman, I got hooked up with Jay when he would guest host for uh, Carson. So I would turn jokes in there. But I had more fun writing for Dennis. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And you became a full member of the writing staff? No, there, no, no, no. I was never. a receptionist. Okay, I was never. in charge of parties, answering phones, <laughs> making sure mail gets sent out. Okay. Occasionally, really horrible things would get sent to Dennis. Like I remember a soiled pair of underpants. That, sure. Mm, yeah, I'd have to go to the producers. What do I give this to Dennis? And they're like, No, I wouldn't give that to him. I would just throw that out and you know, the crazy Thanks, letters. Kid. But. Um, Lauren put me on a show called Night Music with David Sanborn. And okay. And I was told I could be the writer's assistant and I could write there. Okay. Um, and if I did well, you know, they would talk. But, um... That was a great show, but yeah. after that, I got hired on Letterman and okay. kind of left. To the SNL writing staff
0: family. on Letterman or, or, yeah, yeah. or as an intern? To the writing or? staff. Okay. Yeah. Oh, so. and that, that, that's a dream job for you. That was it. That was the how, thing I wanted. Well,
2: how, because they knew that you were writing jokes? Well,
3: everybody's in the same building. Yeah, right. Right, and, and Larry Jacobson was this guy who hooked me up with Leno. They, they kind of knew what I was doing. They asked me to do a submission, I guess. Yeah. Um, Gamble, Prost, and uh, George Meyer. Um, they just knew I was an up-and-coming writer, I guess. Yeah. You know, yeah. there weren't a lot of comedy writers back then. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. There wasn't the internet. We didn't know what these jobs were. You well, know, we, you, I, read, you
0: say that, but we, we submitted to Letterman in 1990. We submitted a packet to Letterman, right? And then Jay met with Rob Burnett, yeah, right. And he's like, "Keep at it, man.
3: Keep going. Keep at it." <laughs>
1: well, see, <laughs> well, we can't take. The, we can't the take. Steve years. This
0: is even yeah.
3: predates that stuff. Okay. But, um, you know, I. I don't know if you remember this, but yeah. I just didn't even know there was such a thing as a comedy writer. You just yeah. assumed the people on SNL were just, just out there doing their kinda, thing, yeah, yeah, yeah doing yeah. their thing, yeah, right, right, being right, right. funny. So, you know, when I showed up and I saw, well, I watched a ton of TV. I can write this, but and look at that paycheck, Jeez. yeah. yeah. Well, this is perfect. Yeah, this is perfect. You can stay up all night. You can drink. You can smoke. You can do whatever you want. Sure. It's like a perfect job for me. Yeah. And so
0: when you got to the Letterman thing, you were. So, I mean. That was it. You full, full right. Well, staff. yeah,
3: I was, I was in the place. I was in a dream job situation, yeah, yeah. but every thirteen weeks I could be fired. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and okay. you would find out in the ninth week. So from Monday to Friday in that ninth week, you. Every right. knock at the door, you worry oh that it terrible. was over. So, is and, that
0: when and, you started keeping charts of like what your jokes that you, you, know, no, about you that just, are the ones you made? <laughs> I just
3: worked hard. Yeah, you just worked hard, and you're just and cranking was, out jokes. You're fear based. Yeah. And
2: is there that like one guy who's pulling out his hair, like like I haven't had a joke on the air in three weeks. <laughs> I a- yeah.
3: Well, that could be you. Yeah. yeah, it could be you. Just based on what Dave picks and yeah. what Dave chooses. It, but it was the, its the greatest. It's the greatest job in the world, and it was a ton of pressure. But and it's where I always say, like the the SNL years and Letterman. That was the comedy college years for me. Yeah, that's yeah. where I learned how to do this thing and to just relax. And because you do write better when you're
2: relaxed. When you're in fear and you're up, it it doesn't quite flow. Yeah, I mean me that's that is. I mean that seems like incredibly high pressure, you know, because that's a daily show.
0: But just also, cool about it is like you know that gives you the opportunity to just create, right? So you're creating yeah. nonstop. It does. Like, right. you must have, like, a... Tr- like. Do you ever... I don't know if you kept notes or anything. Do you ever go back and, like... I do. There must I be so those. many jokes that that, uh, that didn't make it that you love and you go back and
3: look at those things. No, there's no? nothing that I could reuse. of <laughs> 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 well, all topical? Most of, it, is that why? Most of it's topical. No, yeah, I used okay. to write a lot of weird stuff. I like the weird stuff more than the topical stuff. Right, yeah. Like the, uh, like, you know... You know what I did this morning, Paul? I took a, I took a pancake and I I put it on my DVD tray and when I hit play, um, uh, I heard Aunt Jemima singing the Star Spangled Banner or something like that. You know, I like just
2: weird jokes that were kind of spun out of nowhere. Sure, um, and that wasn't even the right joke. What um, well, do you remember the general idea? Do you remember the Dennis Miller joke, the first one that got on the air? It was no, I don't know. It was something about um, somebody who was in
3: trouble, but you know that. That was really fun weekend update. These were shows like I grew up watching as a kid. Absolutely, yeah. my yeah. dad used to wake me up and show me Saturday Night Live. Yeah. so yeah. to just see the writers and be in that place of the, that I didn't think existed, frankly. Yeah, you know what I mean. And we- then to get it come across the TV, you're like, holy yeah. shit! Yeah, you know, it was it was a big big moment for me. Was Letterman a hard guy to pitch? Jokes? Uh, no, it was scary, you know, yeah. but but mostly uh, the head writers were pitching. It would be, okay. you know, Steve or Rob, they'd be in there pitching. But you would be, like, I was in charge of a lot of video quizzes. Mm-hmm. So okay. you'd go in with jokes like that and you'd pitch them to Dave and he'd have his feet up on the desk eating spaghetti, maybe on the phone, <laughs> going, yeah, uh, Joey Buttafuoco, sure. Yeah, uh, yeah Madonna, no, no, yeah. uh, who yeah. wrote that, you know, and <laughs> you'd check off seven jokes. It was... I don't know. I loved it. I mean I was such a fan of the guy. But, yeah, you know, you never quite I never quite was able to uh get on his level as far as like talking to him. I was still like a fanboy every time yeah. I was right. in there, and terrified that this guy who was my hero would fire me. Yeah, does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Did you
0: get involved in the nostalgia of the end too? Did you go back and get involved? No, in the, uh, none of okay. it. No, no.
3: Okay. I had my time there, but I, I, I went back for the reunion at the Friars Club. it Was yeah. fun to see everybody. Yeah, you know, we we all went through something. Yeah, yeah. And, and I'm sure it, there's a freedom. stable
0: of impressive people who have gone on to great things. I, don't I mean, think so. yeah, no, no just more <laughs> than one assassin. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> were you there when he had his heart surgery? uh no 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 i we write him a
3: letter now and again congratulate him on this and that i bought him a motor scooter once uh, yeah. so when he got married <laughs> i just thought it would be fun to buy him this honda ruckus and uh jerry and i sent it to him and he okay. was touched by well, it. well that's actually a question i've had It's like what at what point were you always into cars uh yeah 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 for a while for a long time in fact dave when i was with dave he, you know i was the other car guy in the staff yeah so he would call me up uh What I would think for business, but then he'd have Auto Week open and he'd go, Hey, hey, Spike, look at this. It's a, it's a rabbit. We got, they got our Volkswagen rabbit with ground effects. (laughs) <laughs> and I go what? What are ground effects? What is it? Racing shit, Spike. You got to buy this. <laughs> he throw the magazine at me, and then I would go downstairs. I go, do I have to buy this? <laughs> like, was that an order? I do or have to buy? Is this. Is he just being funny for and, him or for myself? And uh, we had a racing team. We had a go kart racing team once for a charity that we did there. So it was. Uh, it just it was another way for me to relate uh, to Dave and kind of learn about cars. Frankly,
2: yeah. yeah. Well, how many How many years were you with? Because you you made the jump from. Uh, was it NBC to CBS? Yeah, yeah, I was there. So you made the jump, right? With him. right, Yeah. So how many years total were you on the Letterman F- show? Five. And oh, so, wow. okay. And so then, in terms of making the jump to Seinfeld, you decide. Well, you, you wrote a script for The Simpsons. Was that something that you just? I wrote, wrote a couple for
3: George Carlin. I had done The Simpsons asked me to write something, which you know, frankly I didn't enjoy. I, you know, it wasn't. I didn't know how to do it, and yeah. it was very fast. And I didn't quite learn. What I wanted to learn about it. you know, I flew in for a meeting. They gave me 22 pages of notes, and then I had to assemble it into a script. So it wasn't as satisfying as I thought it would be. Mm. But um, I really just – I just quit Letterman with no other job and just moved to L.A. I wanted out of New York. Wow. I was uh, – I had had my time at Letterman, and I wanted to, to learn how to write half hours. But um, just took you know, my bank account, which was not that big. Mm-hmm. Sure. And once again just took off to a new place to get a car, a dog live in a house, and uh, right. get out but of But you had a good resume, and, at least, and probably connections. I had an agent, or, yeah. Yeah. yeah, And um, but I didn't sweat it. My phone would ring a lot. I, I remember I was offered it, uh, the Ellen Clegghorn show. Okay. That <laughs> uh, was my first offer that I Had you worked in. with
0: her on SNL? Uh, no, nope. I, okay.
3: I didn't quite know her comedy, but I knew okay. who she was, and uh, it was a lot of money. It was like $11,000 a week, you yeah. like, wow. Jeez, that's good. Yeah, that's huge, <laughs> yeah. or an episode. I, I don't remember, but I didn't believe in the show, and, uh, you know, you know how it is. And back in the day, you're the, it's the arrogant years. Yeah, sure. You're like, unless it makes sense. I once turned down the Rolling Stones, for he- heaven's sakes. What? Because I didn't want it, because there was, they wanted me to come... The Rolling Stones wanted to hire me for this New Jersey live show, but the guy they wanted me to write for was this MTV VJ. Okay. You know, back in the day, whatever his name was. Who was, like, opening for them or something like like that? I was like, I'm totally Rolling Stones, absolutely. It was Broadway video. I'm going to do this. And I'm like, oh, he's doing it? I'm out because I'm Spike Ferris. (laughs) That guy who's unemployed and doesn't want that on his resume. You know, so I still had a little bit of that mindset. So I turned that job down. But, you know. The next week, I got hired on Seinfeld. So, yeah. you wow. know, it worked out. It worked out. But imagine you- if
0: you had done the Cleghorn show instead of the Seinfeld show. It's
2: a good <laughs> lesson in not chasing paychecks. I guess unless you're right, you have right? to. Unless he made that show fucking huge. <laughs> I <guess> so, right? <laughs> Ellen, Ellen, Ellen the one should be is Cleghorn saying. could have taken down Seinfeld. Oh, yeah. And
3: then we, this is a oh, whole, whole different conversation. Cleghorn. Oh, Best Clegg- show in
2: history, yeah. Clegg Remember the finale of Clegg oh, Holy God. shit, that was great. <laughs> uh, we're, we're, how does Space Ghost
3: factor into this? Because I loved Space Ghost. Space Ghost is my brother had written an episode for it. And when he, I didn't know what it was, but he showed it to me and it blew my mind. Again, it just, nothing had to make sense. They were, they, they, they were, not a lot of it was grounded in logic and it was just silly. And that was my favorite kind of comedy at the time.
2: But it seems like, the, I mean, that's something that sort of brings it all together. You know, it's, you are writing an episode. Right. It is, you know, one-liners because it is a talk show. Right. In essence. And so, I mean, and were you cutting your teeth on that? Was, were you learning anything in terms of half hour? No,
3: there were little things that I just wanted to be a part of.
2: Yeah. You know, and when I saw that
3: and I saw how strange it was and how I didn't have to really pay attention to any sort of story logic, I, that really appealed to me. So I think Steve O'Donnell and I wrote a couple of them. Yeah. Where they would send us tapes and just go, just do whatever you want and make it as weird as you want. And, and you would like, like reconfigure really... interviews essentially, right? Yeah, or... you had – that's that was the easiest of it. Yeah, So yeah. they'd have answers and you could write whatever question you wanted. But then you could you could really just – none of it could make sense. There could be long pauses followed by gibberish. <laughs>
1: <Like, laughs> I
3: really loved playing with that stuff and yeah. trying to find laughs with the weird stuff. Yeah. You know? And, yeah. and Dana Carvey's show was the same thing. Yeah. Like, yeah. When I was done writing on, on Seinfeld one year, we had been watching it. And we like, I called my agent And I go Can you just get me I'll, you know, I'll get coffee for him I, yeah. I just want to go Hang out with those guys yeah.
0: right. And so. you knew Dana From SNL or I, no? I knew the whole crew kind of. Yeah okay
3: But it was I just wanted to go there Because I loved What they were doing And how weird it was yeah. And how funny it was And they had
0: a great Writing staff too Over there yeah. right? I mean, yeah. Was, Louis, Louis CK, yeah Louis CK, yeah. yeah, The whole crew yeah. Dino And uh, you know And how many episodes Did you do that Of uh, Dana Carvey? I don't know the I mean I don't know How many episodes four, They do all together a lot of them, Yeah, yeah. all together I yeah, know yeah. they did a lot right Yeah
1: but it was cool
2: Okay,
0: so... so I was going to ask you, when did the talk show... Because yeah. you have also been in front of the camera now. Right. Right? Where you had talk show with Spike Ferriston yes. on Fox yes. for three years. Yes. Apparently you're the longest tenured <laughs> talk
3: show host yes. on Fox. A dubious claim, yeah. right? to say the least. But how do, how do you arrive at that? Is it... Uh... Did you pitch it? This is one of the great accomplishments of yes. my life, Yes. Because it makes no sense that it even happened. But... It was a very simple thought that was in my head. I've been uh, spun off Seinfeld in development deals, taking very large paychecks, but not producing a lot of television. Lots of failure. Frankly, because I was just learning how to write half hours and should never have been given all of this money to produce my next big script, Seinfeld. It was never going to happen. But um, I was just sitting at home once, and uh, here's what happened. I I, I said to a friend of mine, I just want to get back to writing late night and Weekend Update. Um, I want to go out and pit." Pitch a late night show. Yeah. I call my agent, I want to go pitch a late night show. And he goes, What do you think? And I go, You know, Norm McDonald is amazing. You know, I yeah. think he could be like, have his own show, yeah. HBO, somewhere, Fox. So they got me uh, in a room with Norm to pitch him an idea. In fact, we met at Norm's Deli over on <laughs> <room>. <laughs> okay. Right, 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 right. Yeah. One of those little and places. And do you know That's Norm his room. from I kind SNL of or know or him no? a little okay. bit, yeah. I think. Yeah. I, 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 I remember we kind of knew each other, yeah. but I don't quite know how. Yeah. Um, and said, look, I, I think you do a late night show. And he goes, well, what, what's it about? I go, it's about late night. That's what it is. It's about what's going on in the news. It's about you in a suit. It's about, right. oh, I don't get it. Like, well, well, what's the idea? They go, the idea would be you'd be on after the evening news. You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. that was pretty much the conversation. Sure. He, he kept, you know, saying, well, what's the premise? What's the point of view? And I'm like, it's your point of view, you know. And we weren't quite connecting about
2: it. And it didn't go anywhere. Okay. By the way, a very frustrating thing for writers, like we talk, you know, when you're coming up with, when you're pitching a half hour and the, <clears throat> and the network says, and what happens week to week, and you're like, the same fucking thing that happens on every TV <laughs> show week to week, episodes happen, shit happens. But even yeah, in a talk you know, show, it's more like know. about, it's about the guest. And yeah. it's about At that. the time, yeah. I forget
3: where the opening was, but. It might have been Fox, but yeah. it was pretty simple. It's like, we're going to do a show like this. It's a It becomes about branded segments. Yeah. Here are six to eight branded segments you're not going to see on any other late night show, mm. and that's what's going to make it different, right? right? But for some reason, we weren't connecting about it, or he didn't want to do it. And um, CA, uh, my agent called, who was representing Norm 2, and said, well, how did it go? And I go, I don't think it's going to go anywhere. And I go, look, let's just you and me do it. Yeah. And he goes, what do you mean? And he goes, you know, I, I've always wanted to try this. Let's Let's just do it. Yeah. He goes, but are you are you doing stand up? He goes, No. Are you out and on camera anyway? I'm like, no. And right. Go, but you know, Conan. Conan. Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. So let's try and sell it. So he put me in touch with the people at Fox yep. and you know, based on the branded segments, I sold the concept. We brought it into the network based on the So segments, you went and Cindy, pitched it. You pitched it I pitched here's it the show. To them. They okay. said, uh, uh we're gonna buy it. Gail Berman was the president of the network, yeah. and right. she saw what happened with Conan. And, and what I didn't know it was they were looking for their next Conan right. and when I walked in with this idea. Right. So they gave me enough money for a presentation, which was not a lot, and wanted me to shoot in a conference room. Mm-hmm. Sorry, my phone's buzzing here. Um, and I booked Seinfeld for the pilot. Okay, and I we went back to them and said, get me a studio. I'm not going <laughs> to put Seinfeld in a conference room. <laughs> right, right. So they got me the best damn sports set. And then we went back and booked... Um, Jason Bateman and Brian Cranston and a, and a big group of guys based on your personal connection to them just, or, you know, I, I don't remember, maybe through yeah. Fox. I know know. There were two sets of pilots, but I, I think actually the first pilot was just one. We had 30 minutes on the best damn sports show mm-hmm. and I could read jokes and interview Jerry Seinfeld yeah. Right. And, um, we shot that. I turned it in and I went, well, at least I tried that. Yeah. You know, yeah. This is not going to go anywhere. About two weeks later, Gail and the whole crew called me. I was driving on Little Santa Monica and they said, That was incredible. We're picking it up. You're the next Conan O'Brien. I I almost crashed (laughs) into the sidewalk. I was so shaken. I really did. I almost fainted. I was in my wife's Volkswagen Jetta because those—that's not supposed to happen. Yeah. yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. You know, because really, I have no business hosting a late-night right. show. Well, and you this, do have an incredible amount of experience, and it, but it's a hidden dream type yeah, of thing. Sure. Like you know, it was really a mind-boggling thing that I thought was fake. Right. When it when I got the call, yeah. Now, did I you was pitch so it as a... freaked out? So they so they picked They said we're picking up for forty-six episodes. Right. Don't tell anybody. Forty-six episodes. <laughs> and then I
2: go home.
3: Yeah. We're gonna st- we're gonna start it once a week on uh, Friday nights or something. But uh, you know I'm not even hearing any of sure. that. But all I hear is you're the next Conan. Yeah. Don't tell anyone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. My lips are sealed. You're the Conan of Fox, and you're like, and I go home to my wife and I go, you're not gonna fucking believe this shit. Yeah. And we're like, ah, but you can't tell anyone. Yeah, shut yeah. up. So we don't tell anyone. Okay. You know I really don't tell anyone,
2: right? Yeah. Are you not allowed to tell your agent? You no, know, you have to <laughs> I tell. I told agent. my <laughs> agent.
3: He's like, what? You know, we're just <laughs> freaking the fuck. This none of this I makes it. sense, I right? Love it. Three weeks later, we go to have uh, – they're about to make the big announcement. Yeah. And we go to that – what's the – in Beverly Hills Hotel, they have that little uh, – the cool place there. Oh, the, the Polo Lounge? The Polo Lounge. Yeah, right, right. With the executives. Right. We're going to have this uh, big me- uh, dinner and yeah. to congratulate this giant order. The announcements are about to come that you will be the next go-to. <laughs> right, <laughs> right, 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 right. It's set the day before the meeting, Gail Berman. Uh, it retires. Oh my <laughs> oh, God! That's always the <laughs> so case. So I show man. up to the polo lounge and I go, ah, uh, they go, yeah, okay, well, it's all good, it's all good. The reality was, the show, everything gets put on hold. Yeah, thing, which mm. is good now because I haven't really told anybody. But still, that you don't want to lose kid. momentum. You don't want to lose momentum. No, you know? I'm potentially losing everything. Yeah, it's yeah. just uh, if you're listening, you don't know what happens when when network presents leave everything that they've developed leaves with Yeah, yeah. we yeah. talked much. about
0: it in this, it, and this it just goes show. Away. It all uh, goes away. Our last pilot we shot. That's what happened. So
3: now I have a good six months to 12 months of Peter Lagory starts mm-hmm. um, Okay, and Kevin
2: Riley. Uh, okay. I'm surprised I've, you survived <laughs> that right there. I've got to he killed our last project. I didn't so. survive
3: Kevin eventually. But okay. Peter and Peter Chernin. Yeah. I had yeah. sold the show with Peter Chernin. He was already there. So he was he was a bit of support up there and he was behind the project. And... Peter Legory said, "Look, I love everything you did. I'm not going to pick this up. The series based on this one Jerry Seinfeld inter- interview. Here's a lot of money to do six pilots, and then we'll cut together a reel. So that's where I shot Brian Cranston and Jason Bateman and a bunch of other guys
2: as full episodes or as full episodes. Yeah, okay, right. And, and those guys are just doing favors for you by coming on. Yes, okay. but yeah. Fox was helping at the yeah. time. They yeah. were on
3: Arrested Development. Um, and and you know we cut those into sizzle reels. It was the it was the usual development mm-hmm. stuff." And, okay, this is good. Lagori says, I think we're going to do this. But now a year has gone by. I think yeah. we're going to do it. Well, when are we going to announce it? Just wait. We've got to talk to the affiliates. we got to do this. But you are going <laughs> on the air. The Conan yeah. talk went right out the window. You're going to be the next Conan. Conan's yeah. huge at that point. Right. But now you're just going on the air, Saturday nights after Mad TV. But let's wait for the announcement, wait for the announcement. Can you come to Las Vegas for the affiliates dinner and meet the affiliates? And I'm like, okay. I don't even know what that means, but yeah. small business owners yeah. and stations. Yep.
2: And, and it's really it, just people deciding whether or not they like you face to face. Exactly. I mean, yeah.
3: Here's a reel, and I'm waiting backstage on a Tuesday morning to be introduced to come up and do a little comedy and say hello to them. And Peter Ligori goes, and here's the next face of Fox Late Night, <laughs> Spike First, and we're picking up a show. And he yeah. picked oh, up the show oh. and told me in that moment as I was walking onto the and you're stage, like, oh. <laughs> right? <I> just gasped, <laughs> I like, oh, oh. oh shit, yeah. shit's in his pants, holy yeah. shit, <laughs> yeah. And you know, I had, you know, and I don't have much. I'm not an accomplished comedian by any stretch of the imagination. Mm -hmm. I'm a TV comedian. So, like, I had been doing stuff on camera, but I struggle when I go out on stage. Like, Uh stand-up is not my thing. So I had been working with um, uh, Jeff Cesario on a couple pages of comedy to do, and I went out on Tuesday morning, and Seinfeld gave me one joke to start off. It It was something like, there's no better... to." There's no better place to talk about late night than in a casino basement on a Tuesday morning at 9 a.m. <laughs> yeah, so, boom, huge laugh. <laughs> right, right. And then Cesario jokes that he and I wrote, and we kill it. Like, sure. We crush the yeah. room. The affiliates love it. We've just been picked up. Right. It's great. It was a huge moment, right? And I'm like, God, this late night thing is so easy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <It's a joke. laughs> you walk up in front of everybody, and yeah. it's fantastic. So, you know, that was the beginning of this incredible journey and fight. And What did they order when they started? They, order they ordered or- the full season of... Forty-six of, shows or no, twenty-two. Okay, half hours. Okay, uh, not day and date. So they wanted us to bank them in a couple okay, of so months. So couldn't be topical necessarily.
0: <laughs>
1: it's which, like which is hard give, for they you. They just won't give it to you. They, well, you yeah, want, to do, you you you
3: want to do weekend update type jokes. You can't do that, right? Because boom, cause yeah. it's got to be timeless. Well, they say well, you going to do what Mad TV does. Okay. And I'm like, well frankly, you know, as talented as that crew is, that's the problem with the show is they're not day and date. Yeah. But they were about saving money. So it was a three year battle to become day and date and to be more relevant. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we had big wins and big losses, you know. Yeah. And, uh, and being up against Saturday Night Live was another problem. Well, that was a know? weird thing. Like, did you pitch it as a once a week show, or did you pitch no. it as a a five night a week okay. show? And the idea was that we would launch on on Saturdays. This is their idea. Yeah, that's, that's I mean that's probably the hardest night though. Out,
1: right. <laughs> is that is yeah? It, let's see how you Thursday do against Saturday, Saturday Night Live. Yeah. yeah, I would say I mean, even
3: I'm watching Saturday Night. <laughs> yeah, you yeah. know, and and you know, by the way, I used to work there, and I'm a little uncomfortable doing that. But we don't pick our time slots. You know, yeah. Is is
2: that a bittersweet thing though? Because obviously you're super excited to get on the air, but they're telling you you're going up against the behemoth. Yeah. It's the wrong
3: competition. Yeah. So what we decided to do, um, Todd just and Mike Gibbons and myself was, um, uh, Kimmel had just started making viral videos. Yeah. Right? and They were like, you know, Spike, you should make some viral videos. And I'm like, okay, can you give us some money to make this show? Because his budget is massive and ours is very small. I think we were shooting that show for 250 300 an episode. Oh, right? wow. And wow. So, that's cheap for that network. Come on. It was really for cheap. any network, I mean. Yeah, but we were, um, you know, we started putting out videos that started getting traction. So we started getting stuff that went viral yeah. and out of nowhere, and it would start self-promoting the show. Unfortunately, though, they, you know, right as they were canceling the show at the end of the third season, and I was getting calls from, like, David Letterman going, geez, they're really grooming you for the big job. You guys are killing it. And, yeah. And, you know, articles like the most viral show on TV is talk show with Spike Ferriston. Yeah. And, uh, they they were only caring about ratings, which now, sure. you know, you see, you know... It's, the numbers It's game. both. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's an online presence. We we yeah. were right there at the beginning going, there's something about this. You know, we had the number one clips on Hulu. Yeah. All of our clips, our comedy clips, were beating, you know, Tina Fey and Sarah Palin, so yeah. we were doing very well.
0: Now, when you took over that, when you started that show, had you taken... Uh,
1: he, he <laughs> I need he a need tissue. He needs a, a <laughs> my nose, nose blower. It's runny.
0: Yeah. Well, you, um, uh, <laughs> uh, you had been on the other side of that thing. Now you're, now you're at the head of that show. Right. Did you take certain lessons that you learned when you're on Letterman and said, "Here's how I'm going to do it"? Yeah. Or?
3: No, I called everybody I knew about. Yeah. yeah give me a paper towel. Yeah. My nose in a paper you towel. You gotta honk that Hold thing. Mm. Oh, blowing get it, get Blowing this. it. Get with Spike Chew, chewing it with Spike. That's a new one. There um, we go. I called everybody for advice that I knew. Yeah. Louis C.K. Um, would say – everybody had one useful piece of advice, and I'll see if I can remember all of it. Louis's advice was really great, which was stay in the emotion of the last part of your joke. that mm-hmm. was so
0: stay upset. Stay in the emotion. Stay
3: in that face. Okay. So you're telling a joke about being upset about traffic. Just hold that upset face. Okay. In. That's interesting. Because a laugh will come. He's like, a laugh will come if you hold the emotion of the joke for – 10, 5, 10, seconds sure. after. And Letterman was famous for that. I was too, so right? angry about it. Yeah. Like that. He goes, <laughs> right. These are very, very simple like, stand up things. And sure. so we do that. Um, Seinfeld's was about volume. He goes talk loud so no one will know how unfunny you are. <laughs> but if you if you're talking like this, you're going to have their attention and they'll think you're funny. Yeah. But
2: you're really not. You should know that. That's fantastic. That's a great tip. Are you writing these things down? No, these, some really these are really good ones. I'm recording uh,
3: it. One of John Stewart's producers wanted to be my producer, so he put him down as a reference. So I got John Stewart on the phone. I said, yeah. "Look, you know, while I have you on the phone, any advice is welcome." And he said. Uh, he goes, just uh, stay off the internet for a year. You're not going to like what you read about. <laughs> that sounded like- <laughs> it was just one year. Do not get on the internet. Right. Um, I ran into Leno at Jerry's Hangar, and he said, uh, "You just got to tell lots of jokes. Just tell lots of jokes. One doesn't work. Just go right to the next one. Don't wait. Don't wait. Don't wait." <laughs> did you reach out to Letterman at all? Or uh, no. You know yeah. what? I never did. But yeah, I yeah. had had five years with Dave. So yeah. You got all that advice. Yeah. Yeah. I, I got to watch it up close. Yeah. I mean, he's a master at what he does, and yeah. and, uh, and I knew his thing as, as well as. I think I would know. Did as you well have a different
0: perspective patterns. when you sat in that chair? you were like, holy <clears> shit, this <throat> is different than you know. Oh, I thought. Yeah, it's hard. Yeah,
3: yeah. Well, the, one of the big things you struggle with at first is hands. Yeah, you know mm, what to if, do with your hands. What do you do with your hands? Yeah, yeah. Right. That's the first. thing. What did you, you come up with? Any any late night host you watch in their first year, you'll watch they're struggling with their hands. Okay. Did you go pocket? You go pocket? <laughs> uh, no, <laughs> no. You just don't want to move them a lot or do weird things. Right. I, here's one thing I can tell you. Pretend you're doing everything in slow motion with your hands okay. while mm. you're talking behind the desk. So if you're gonna reach for your water, which I don't recommend you do, okay. like a Rubio, <laughs> But if you do, you go very slowly like this, that mm-hmm. usually works it up. But any sudden karate chop like this right. that stuff looks funny. That's the way crazy. I do it.
0: I do it in the podcast. I point, I do a lot of that. Oh, yeah, shit, that know stuff know? is bad yeah. news. Yeah. You really you're if out. you
3: can just hold on like this. Yeah. This is a good position. Just hold your hand on the and desk and then occasionally lift it up to make a point like that and right. turn. But everything <laughs> trust me, do it slower than you would That's do the it. shit that, You don't that, even think about it. Yeah. Here's another thing. Do I do cards? Do I do prompter or am I kind of freestyling both with bullet points? Mm-hmm. Right. That's really hard to figure out. What would you decide? Because we shot from um, let's say September to December, I was pretty much doing nothing until the following September. So it would always go like this. In September, I'd be on prompter with everything written into prompter. Okay. By December, it was just (laughs) bullet points. (laughs) Intro guest, question one, two, and three. Maybe I had a question or two on a blue card. Right. Um, Monologue jokes were always in prompter because you needed those to do those as written by the writers. The rest of it was bullet points. Because time ran out
0: or because, like we talked before, you were lubed up by then?
3: No, you're lubed up. If you read too much, it, it takes a while, but you can do it. You can read and make it look natural. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You put prompters in three different places. You look around and you're just reading. And, it's, sure. and you get to the point where you can read through it once and then you can kind of sure. make it look like you're not reading. Yeah. But in the beginning, it looks like you're reading and you're wooden. And yeah. so if you're bullet pointing stuff. Like, more natural. Yeah. That's, yeah. you know, Brian Cranston underpants. So, so wait, this is your second series Correct me if I'm wrong, Brian, where you're seen in your white underpants, right? <laughs> Malcolm in the middle yeah. and Breaking Bad. What is that all about? Like, you want to be saying it like that rather than the question written by the segment you, producer. Does that you, make sense?
2: Yeah, it does. Did you did you go out and do pure stand-up comedy at a comedy club just to – No.
3: It's one of my big regrets. I was too – I couldn't get around the – I was too neurotic for it. It's terrifying. Yeah. Well, not even that, just that here's this guy on TV on Saturday nights mm-hmm. who internally I'm going, well, I really don't belong here, yeah. and now I'm going to have to go on stage and struggle, and I, I didn't have the courage to do that, to get that act. Yeah, I yeah. could do it now, I think, because I, I know enough about the process to go, you got to go out and fail for a year yeah. and work material out. Right. Yep. But back then, I just couldn't reconcile the two things because the show was struggling, and I didn't want there to be press about the show or buzz about it in comedy clubs yeah. based on me trying to figure. I guess out that's stand-up. true, boy. Yeah. yeah. It was. It Saw was. Saw Spike tough. Ferriston today,
0: and,
2: yeah, he sucked. He God, it was I don't terrible. Show. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> just like his show.
3: <laughs> but fuck <laughs> um, you, Ferriston. It was. But it was it fun to do that show it's for three come years. True? Yeah. No, it's a dream come true right. thing. You know. Right. I remember getting on a bus at Logan, going home to see my family, and my stuff is playing on the Hertz rental car bus. Right, right, right. right. Uh, this thing called the Little View, and you're just like, this is incredible. Yeah. No, it was really, really an incredible moment. Did you, When you went home, would people be like, hey, Spike, yes! No, here's something cool. So my dad watch tv all the time and we had to fight for his attention right so no surprise (laughs) i got into the tv to get his attention right (laughs) Right, right, right. and you know he was blue collar massachusetts guy didn't really treat his kids with all that much respect you know fuck you just do what i say that type of thing but when i went on tv i had him i finally
0: did
2: yeah i was a guy so what was that first visit home to your dad like fantastic i finally could get over on him well, would he would just, you
0: like your show? was like, yeah, you're pretty funny. Yeah, yeah. You're
2: yeah. pretty funny. No, fun. I saw the he Cranston
3: did. episode. You he, should have. He yeah, there was a lot of that. But you could tell there was a lot of going around
2: town. You know who my son is. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and oh, uh, I finally had a little more power in the house. A little more, but not much. <laughs> would he call you up like after watching an episode live? Would he call you up like on no, Saturday No, he night? did something really disturbing to me.
3: <laughs> he said, I'm going to go get my own show. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> and he signed up for some time on public access <laughs> the in west bridgewater yeah okay. and did a similar show Holy this is very shit. justin biebery right with the dad that's it's very hysterical and he said i want you to watch it and tell me what you think which was a trap that i fell right into oh, of course and he let off with a godfather sketch um wait a minute I, wait a minute I, now your is, dad this is surreal I said, dad you know, he's come on. A, he's Godfather. not a, he's
0: not a performer in
3: any way. No, he's a salesman. What's but he loves comedy.
0: What's the how do he put together? A show? Is it oh, him you got to
3: understand something about my dad? This is the guy who's waking me up to watch Saturday Night Live, sure, introduced right. me to Monty Python and, and the goodies and all, and you know cha- yeah. Chaplin, everything. Yeah, you know this is why I like comedy because of my dad. So gotcha. that's the gift he gave to me, but. Right. You know, what it really was was he was a frustrated comedian, and he had kids, and he would say, you know, the only reason I'm not a comedian is because of of you kids. I had to get a real job. But he had never set foot in a comedy club to do any of that, right? He was just a fan. Loved George Carlin and and the rest of it. so. When he saw me do it, I guess he thought, well, now I can do it. Yeah. Well, you were inspirational to him then. Yes. <laughs> and, w- and was it like him and his like local buddies doing yes. the
2: sketches together?
3: Yeah. yeah. That's great. And he wrote them. So it was like 18-page sketch on the Godfather <laughs> which came out in the 70s with my dad and an orange peel in his mouth and, <laughs> you know, what did you think? And, you know, that's a stupid question. I didn't know how to answer that question sure. back then. The answer that we all know now is to go, that was... Great. Uh, yeah. You're so Good funny. Yeah. Fantastic. I yeah. got to go. Right. And then you hang the phone. How, how many right. seasons did his show run? <laughs> <laughs> Four. <laughs> he got one more season than I did. No. Um, he he had an audience there in West Bridgewater, Massachusetts. There were yeah. 20 or 30 people who were digging it. Okay. 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 That's hilarious.
0: That's great. That's surreal. Let's talk about the show now, though. Yeah. The, your, yeah. show, your, your show that you have now on Esquire, Esquire yeah, Network. Yeah, Car, matchmaker is the car Matchmakers is Car
3: Matchmakers. This is not... Something like these other shows. This was just a little fun project that I put together with... It's a uh, passion project, right? Ellen Rakuten Entertainment, who... uh, This woman, Ellen Rakuten, who's got her own production company. I started... uh, I helped her with a car show, and she called me up one day, and she said, how'd you like to do a car show? Well, Mm.
0: because you have this talent, apparently, right? You have this... Look, you're, gonna, s- you're a really car honest. whisperer. Anybody who likes Your cars car can
3: help you find a car, okay? I guess so. Well, yeah. Because we know the cars. It's what we do. Like, right. if you like comic books, we're here in Meltdown Comics. Sure, sure. He can recommend some comics I'm going to like sure, because right. he's there in the front lines. Okay. And that's all I was doing. Right. I was helping friends with cars and yeah. having a lot of success. Yeah. You know, selling a lot, and people would call me and go, I really liked it. Ellen Rackton was someone I helped, and she said, you know, thank you for that advice. It was great. Right. Why don't we do a show? He said, What what kind of show? She goes, I don't know. You're kinda of like a car matchmaker. And I said, All right, that's a really stupid title. <laughs> but catch I could sell it. You know, based on my Letterman days. If you had two or three word subject lines like that, you could sell a concept to Dave. I said, <clears like, throat> like, We can probably sell that and yeah. as long as I can shoot it like a remote I would in a late-night show where I could be funny and just be myself, you know, it seems like it would be a great job. Right. Because now I'm talking about cars and just being funny off the cuff and not doing anything written. Comedy. And so
0: the premise is, though, there's a person that you meet and then you determine well, we, what kind of car you, out you should. The,
3: we figured out the format from there. We said, yeah. all right, well, what if we take a buyer doesn't know anything about cars? Right. I meet them. I get to know them. I recommend three cars that will work perfect in their life. We drive them. Yeah. We laugh in them. And then they pick one at the end. Right. And Esquire said, sure. Yeah, <laughs> they bought it. Here we are. Season three. Yeah, I mean, you just it,
0: launched. It's been good. It's season three, right? <clears throat> We're in
3: season three. That's yeah, great. we've made a ton of these shows. That, you know, I bang out a batch of them in about two months. And, it, you know, it's another one of these. Jobs that don't feel like jobs. Sure. Yeah, it's just fun. Yeah, it's no. A, so you shoot fun. for two
0: months and you 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 do the season in two months.
3: Yeah, we can get everything in the can. And we, uh, we shot sixteen episodes in two months. God, we great. drive about eighty to ninety cars, and it's you know every day you're just waking up. I have a great crew, great. and we,
2: we we are just laughing and driving cars. Yeah, right? and where are the cars coming from? Are they coming from individual buyers or it's, or dealers? They come, it, it depends promo, on bro. what we're finding. Mm, finding brand stuff
3: is new uh, press cars. So yeah. if we're doing a show about production cars, we'll call Land Rover and say send us this or send us that. And then, you know, we have episodes that are vintage cars, so we're trying to find old Land Rovers. Do
0: you have car, uh, the company's calling you now and being like, hey, yeah, you should I
3: think a, about putting my car into yeah, your show. well, I have good relationships with everybody. Yeah. But they know not to do that. No. Okay. Yeah. That'd be crossing us, the line. I think so. Yeah, yeah don't you? Yeah, yeah I mean, probably.
0: But I don't know. I don't know. Uh,
3: I don't want to know how the sausage is you made.
0: You know we, I mean? Well, we
3: can, I can call <laughs> Lamborghini up and say, hey, can yeah. you put a Hurricane in my
2: driveway for the weekend so I can drive it? <laughs> well, I what happens What happens with the two cars that don't get chosen?
3: Um,. They get sent back. Go back, okay. man. Well, we don't sell the cars Despite either. Getting... None of the cars leave with the buyer. Right. we can't sell cars in the state of California. We're a TV show. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so we're offering an experience, and then it's up to the buyer to kind of pull the trigger. Oh, so yeah. you don't give them the car? No. Oh, I thought that's part it. of it. No. They, they, oh, boy, you show. think uh, the late night show didn't have a budget. When you see this show, <laughs> Esquire Network, it really doesn't. No, we offer an
2: experience and then hook them up with our dealer network. And, oh, uh, so, so okay. Genevieve Morton, when she agreed to buy the Mustang, doesn't okay. actually buy the Mustang? Not that day.
3: Okay. No, we put her in touch with the sellers. Okay. And then we help facilitate there. But that's, that's what critical uh, content the producers handle. Like after they walk off the set, I don't. Unless I see them around Hollywood, I'm sure. not. You know, I don't talk to them anymore. Yeah. But I did run into Daryl Jones of the Rolling Stones from last season. Yeah. His new BMW that he picked, and he was very, very happy. So okay, you know. And there was an episode I saw it with your brother, right? Yeah, Wally got his did Lincoln. Did he keep it? Did he get get the car and keep he it? He did. No? Okay. Yes, he's been. He was very happy for two years. Okay. He called me before this season, trying to get on the show again. <laughs> I said, "No, we're not he doing another episode." Car. He said, "I'm getting tired of the Lincoln." I go, "That's normal after three okay. years." But um, yeah, he loved that car. He got a great deal on that car. Lincoln do you know what percentage
0: of the people actually do buy the car
3: or no? I don't. No, okay. I, I don't okay. follow up about that. But. Okay. Um, you know, you can't – I can't make people write checks. Sure. That's what what, the what weir- happens yeah. – Yeah, absolutely. I think a lot is they uh, – like there was just a girl who was on season two who's now just coming around to buy her car. Okay. She's just about to do it. Has, so, Has Genevieve – I know Genevieve's was the, the first episode the She just dared, right. Yeah. So Genevieve last Morton. week. Uh,
2: I, yeah, I don't know what she's done. I don't know if she bought that car yet, I understand, but I'm like, going to find out. I watched it. And to me, I was like, because we always, Kevin and I, always talk about like how much fun it would be just to do any TV show because it's such a fucking, <laughs> it seems like such a fu- it's fun full experience. And and uh, okay, so she's a, a swimsuit model, right? right? But like the opening segment, then is you know drift school, she's right? Tokyo drifting. And then, uh, and then you drive around with a swimsuit uh, model in muscle That's cars.
1: So
2: <laughs> yeah, and and,
1: also, <laughs> up and I down had those. to
2: adjust her mic pitch. pack a couple of times. Uh, okay, mic pack on the okay. back of her pants. I'm sure, it, but it, it was a tough shoot. Yeah. It was
3: a very difficult shoot.
2: No, I know you were being very charming. You were being yes. very charming. But yes. what a great, I mean, what a great <laughs> fucking gig,
0: though. I mean, it's like, we have he gets to have fun up, and be funny in the cars and whatever. Alyssa
3: Arce, Playboy model, okay. which also a very Arce charming little episode. Okay. Okay. She's uh, scantily clad and beautiful and wholesome and wonderful and funny. Um, Carucci Tran, and then, you know, we've got some good stuff on this season. Uh, Seinfeld, we followed him to Amelia. Mm-hmm. He auctioned off 16 of his cars. Oh, wow. Um, in Amelia Island in Florida at the Gooding & Company auction. So we brought our cameras there for a special episode without a buyer, really. And, um... You know, I'm sitting on a great interview about why he did that. Yeah, right. Is he broke? That's awesome. Right. How did he pick these 16 cars? Does he have? Did does he have any left over? Sure. You know why Amelia? And uh, that's a great. What, that's in this season, he, upcoming. season? Yeah, that's coming up in oh, a couple of weeks. I think okay. July 29th. Okay. And uh, Keanu Reeves is in this year. Awesome. It, it, what I like to do is like I I know a lot of uh, celebrity car people, and then just the people in the business, and yeah. I like to introduce them to normal folks. I right. so think they, they can hear directly from Keanu Reeves. This is what I think your first motorcycle should be, and this is how to stay safe on the road. Right. Yeah. You know, keep in mind, he's crashed twice and lost a few teeth. Oh, but. so in that, sure. so the Keanu Reeves episode, he's actually he's matchmaking with somebody. Or? Yeah, there is a girl I forget her name who's a first year motorcycle rider yeah. looking for her first bike. So uh, Keanu has a new motorcycle company called Arch Motorcycle. Okay. So we went down there to see the bikes and then hear from him what she should be buying. How should she be riding you know how to fall when you fall you know it's a very funny yeah. conversation mm-hmm. but he's imparting his wisdom as a longtime motorcycle oh, rider great. to her I,
2: I, I found the you know i watched the genevieve morton last week i found it totally compelling <laughs> literally i was like well you, you start it's with sticky. the Mustang, it's a sticky format and yeah. then you're like coming up what's you know what's the next one going to be i was like i want to see <laughs> yeah. and and uh, it was the it was the camaro and i was like yeah. oh that's a fucking sweet ride i was sure she was going to choose that one yeah, me too. Based on what she was saying, except that it was a clone, and I was happy she didn't. Okay. Yeah, I thought for sure the Corvette and that that old Corvette, which was the beautiful. Corvette. Except what she was complaining about was there was no legroom, and I was like, that's a deal breaker. If if her long yeah, legs yeah. are bumping into the, you know. Yeah, component. what's neat about that episode
3: is she'd never driven an American
2: classic car, and you know
3: that's that's the little leg up I have on any car guy making recommendations. They they always say, well, "Why are they taking your advice?" And, and I always say because they're going to drive it. They're not just going to listen to me tell them what to buy. Right. When they get behind the wheel, they go, oh, now I see what you're talking you about. Feel now it? I understand.
0: Yeah. It's a good segue for um, your, uh, speaking of Seinfeld and cars and Spike, your story.
2: Yeah, so, so just to catch uh, our Chew crew up on this, uh, yeah. Spike and I are working together, and we were, uh, we were over at Spike's office, which is, uh, I don't know if, I, I can't give away the location. But it's, uh, the it's the Santa Monica Airport. Santa Monica Airport. We
3: have police. You
0: <laughs> <We laughs> can't get gates, on. So don't try. So don't yeah. even try. Yeah. For...
2: But there's there's hangars. They're they're not really used for airplanes. It's uh it's a lot of people are using these. You know. Some are. Yeah. Many are. And in fact, uh, you, you, one of your neighbors, there was a helicopter that mm-hmm. was uh, mm-hmm. that was exposed. And I began to tell the story mm-hmm. about my best friend from growing up, Andy Bell, and how he's been on the podcast. He has been on the podcast. Yep. Oh wow. Yeah. And uh and about how his father owned a helicopter and had bet it in the, I think it was the seventy six mayoral race of New York City and lost it. Okay. I was was beginning to tell that story. Right. And I said, my my friend Andy Bellin and Spike, you know, Spike's eyes popped out of his head. He, He was like, Andy Bellin, the screenwriter Andy Bellin? And I said, yes. And then you told me this story.
3: Yeah. Yeah. There was a car. I lived in the same neighborhood as Andy. Mm-hmm. And one day. In uh, Upper East Side or was it? Was no, it, here. Oh, out here. In okay. Hollywood. Oh, it happened in Hollywood? I thought this it happened been here. This happened in Hollywood on Doheny, on oh, okay. Doheny okay, Drive. This story. Okay, Stories, got it. Doheny Drive. Ah, Doheny. And I, I saw this beautiful old car in his driveway, mm-hmm. rusty with holes in it, and this, this bumper uh, strip on it that was uh, said to me that this was a very rare old Porsche. Yeah. One of 20. Yeah. But why would it be here? Right. Right? Why would that be just sitting out? Yeah.
2: And so, so okay. So you see, you see the I car. I see it. I take note of it. And that's the end of how it. How do you, much. okay. How do you, like, just from, you've read about this or you've seen pictures in magazines? I collect magazines? old Porsches.
3: Okay. And I, I have an old 356. So I obsess about stupid little shit. Yeah. yeah. And I'm, on the front of the bumper is a deco strip. They, they, mine has a little piece of metal with a rubber on it. This one just had flat metal. And I know that to be a GT strip, Carrera GT strip. Mm-hmm. But why would that be there? Right, They're 20 in the world. Why would that be sitting out rotting on this
2: guy <laughs> yeah. who I don't know is front lawn? It makes no sense. Yeah. Is there part of you that's like, I didn't see that. That must have been a figure <laughs> Because you're driving by, correct? It's, yeah, it's not. Why, it just makes no sense.
3: Yeah. I'm, I'm making a mistake. Yeah. I'm mistaken. So uh, not long after, I'm with Seinfeld in his 550, the James Dean car, yeah. Yeah. going back to my house up on, on Doheny. And I go, hey, you know, uh, take a right right here. I, I want to show you this car. And he goes, why? What's there? And I go, it looks like a Carrera GT, but why would there be a Carrera? He goes, there's no Carrera GT sitting on somebody's front lawn. We pull up to the house. We look through the gate. And Jerry goes, geez, you're right. That's a GT strip. And look at that. What's the, what's on the front seat? There's a box full of trophies. What the hell? <laughs> he goes, we, we got to get inside this gate. They're like, what do you mean? He goes, let's let's knock on the door. And I'm like, I don't want to do that. And he goes, why? Because cause you're Jerry Seinfeld, and this is already <laughs> yeah, weird. That's, and why I, that's why he can do it. And then he just rings the bell, yeah. and this hot girl comes out <laughs> in uh, a little muscly shirt, and high, these, these these cut-off jeans. Like, Her name's Tessa Benson. Yeah. yeah. She's I'm probably Tessa. like 22. We at know that. her. Very know cute her. girl. Yeah. She goes, hi. She goes, yeah, that's that's my uh, boyfriend's car. It was his grandmother. She raced in Africa on these rallies and got it from the factory, and our eyes are widening. And we're yeah. like... Can we have a look at it? <laughs> she goes, yeah, sure. Come on over, Jerry Seinfeld and friend. <laughs> yeah, and we go over and we look inside and trophies and, and the Keech every it's it's an, it is this car. Yeah, it's exactly what we thought it was right. sitting there. He, one of only he, twenty, and it's Andy
2: Bellins. Right, yeah, yeah, Andy. He Balance said guy. he said like, I mean because you know it came over in his inheritance. That, yes, that he opened they opened it up and there was his card and it still had like the clay. From Africa on yep. the tires. Yeah. I don't yeah. know if that's true or not. That's yeah. What?
3: Well, it's the tr- it's it's this it's provenance story. It, 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 his his mother was a, a countess yeah. or his yeah. grandmother, right? That's yeah. the story. She was a countess. Both. The, yeah. She yeah. was supposed to get married. Um, in New York and told her father that she'd marry the guy he picked out or something, mm-hmm. uh, but let me go to Europe first and have some fun. And she went she bought this car and raced this car. And, and, and this uh, is in the
0: 50s. This is 1950s. Yeah late, yeah, late yeah.
3: 50s, okay. early 60s. Yeah. Right? Okay. Raced it across Africa. It was right. like a, a trans-African race, right? Right, which is not really at the time you wouldn't think women would do that. That's sure. like women's business. It's a really difficult race, but right. you know, it was competitive. It's, it's an amazing story. It's right. an amazing story. Porsche sponsored her and her girlfriend. Didn't right? He, didn't you write
0: it for something? Didn't you write the story? He for wrote it? A he, at play. the time.
3: So, wait, the, okay. getting back to then, Andy Bellin. Yeah. Yeah. I go back and I tell my wife about it. She goes, "Oh yeah, that Tessa is so and so's sister, and you okay. know them through this, and I'll introduce you to Andy Bellin. She, she was the social one. I mean. Okay, yeah. I don't got talk to anyone. So when I talk to Andy, I said, Andy. Andy, you know you got to sell Andy you got to sell Jerry that car he's like well, well now I'm never gonna it's my grandmother's car yeah <laughs> and you know I'm writing a movie about it and I think I'll have the studio restore it New Line Cinema and I said <laughs> yeah. well the, I don't I, there are a couple of guys in the world who know how to rebuild this engine and work the body yeah. and I don't think any of them work at New Line Cinema <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they're old German guys yeah. and you know but he was you know it's kind of like me you know Back before I knew a lot about cars, all the passion, but you don't quite know. And so, Jerry and I worked on them for a good year. Okay, to try uh, to buy them in thing New York him. and me here, okay. and it, we call it seed theory. Okay, and this is very good when you want. It doesn't have to be cars. When you want to buy something that belongs to someone else, you yeah. plant the seed, yeah. Yeah. Right. and that seed is money. Sure, and you say, "Look, someday you're going to want to sell this. I want to buy it, and I'd be willing willing to give you a lot of money." The seed will stay in their brain like right. a tumor, right? Right, and then one day. They'll open a catalog or something. Go, oh, you know what? I'd really love to buy that thing. Sure. Hey, remember that guy? He said me, I'd give me That's the a money point. for yeah. this thing, and it sprouts. That's what does the seed, seed include an actual figure? <laughs> no. Or, uh, no. Is it, it like a?
0: We'll talk about that later.
3: And I, but I'm watering that seed okay. in the neighborhood constantly. Got it. Got it. Okay. Andy, don't do that. Yeah. Andy, no. Andy, really. Jerry Seinfeld's the only guy who could do it. Right. Really, this is the only guy, and you know he'll this is the best way to honor your grandmother sure, by okay. making this car perfect That's which right. is all true by it's the true. way right.
2: Jerry <laughs> how much are you and Jerry like, like we're conspiring a conniving lot. Yeah, we're like, conspiring a lot we are we are we want Jerry wants this thing at any point are you like what's, what's the kid negging at, at what point do you start to be like like roll off of Andy Ballin like you know what We actually don't want your car. (laughs) No, we didn't do that. I'm I'm being truthful. I really
3: believe that Jerry and his guys were the only guys to do this job. Yeah. Because Jerry's an historian of this brand, and he will track down every bit of information, which he's doing currently right now. Yeah. Um, He got the car. I think the last thing Jerry had to do was meet with Andy. Andy met with him in New York and and could see that Jerry would really be a great custodian for the car and take care of this and really would honor the memory of his grandmother and possibly even... um, and I believe that's happening. Tell tell the story as it really happened. They, mm. There's a historian, a Porsche guy, working on that right now for, I think, Excellence Magazine. Oh, wow. Jerry had bought the car. Rest- it, I think it took five or how ten much, years to restore much? it. I don't know. Can we say a few hundred thousand dollars, but okay. now it's worth a few million easily. Okay. okay. But it, it it was it had it needed everything that yeah, car. Yeah. So it was a big very very big job that had to be done right and if you fucked it up, you fucked the car. Right. You know, yeah. For, for, Is it for in th- this hangar now? No. Yeah, it's in Santa Monica. Okay, you were right near it. So yeah, you were right near it. I think it, it was down there. Is that in the some- car? Is absolutely gorgeous. It's yeah. like and so it's restored. It did it. He did it. It's perfection. It was done by the best mechanics and body guys. It's this robin's egg blue color. It is absolute perfection. You, you oh. can't even
2: imagine. You can't even imagine it. It's really? like it's beautiful. Incredible. I'll okay. show you a picture uh, okay. after we're done here. Okay.
3: and it's you know light years away from where it was. And and and, and you know part of what they're doing now is. Um, Tracking down every race that Andy's grandmother did and, you know, figuring out what they did to the car and putting that all together in a document. So that'll be, you know, nine or ten pages in whatever car magazine that will be – the the whole story from beginning to end from me and Andy and Denny right. and Jerry and the grandmother and there you have it you know and i think that's a pretty cool thing for andy to have sure. you know even though he doesn't have the car anymore the whole story is now intact
0: and that's the be the end of the, the screenplay end. though the end What's of the that? screenplay is as is, uh, seinfeld walks up to the door and buys the car yeah, there's the, seinfeld, there's the there's the end there's you know, the button that would be that would be a, button. Gr-
2: that'd be a
3: great button
0: <laughs>
2: seinfeld is not gonna seinfeld
3: there yeah it was like you should do donuts on his front lawn and go <laughs> fuck you I got the car <laughs> but um he's not gonna live forever he could buy the car after yeah, i'm sure true. andy could have first dibs on it but now it's done right and it's you know it's ready to go and he's gotta
0: pay a lot more for it now though. huh he' to pay a lot
3: more for it now. Mm. his money will be safe yeah <laughs> his money will be
2: safe <laughs> well it's funny because i mean he's got it got he's got it he's got it he's got it with his grandma's money yeah, yeah. the uh, car
0: what the hell
2: well it, it's funny because i spoke to andy that day, mm-hmm. okay. and to tell him you know about the conversation because as I understood, and I passed his number along to Jerry. Yeah, to, they, to fill in the blanks. Here. you guys had been looking for Andy Bell and We've been looking for him, right? bro. And this just randomly happened. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, and then I called him and I told him a story. He's like, "Holy shit, that's crazy!" And I said, "You know, they've restored it." He's like, "I bet they have." I was like. It looks really nice. He's like, I bet it does. <laughs> and I was like, they, he says it's worth a lot of money. He's like, I have those fuckers. I know.
3: Oh, <laughs> Andy, if you're
1: listening, I am going
2: to plant the seed in Jerry's head
3: <clears throat> when he's on back. his deathbed three summers from now
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: that you will get first dibs on that car. Who else would get first dibs? Well, granted. By the way, what a great movie that would be. Like t- tell us the, the story, a nice sweeping epic through oh, Africa. Of Africa across Africa. 1950s oh, yeah. to period piece. Yeah. You know? And then after the credits you right. have a little button Seinfeld like, I'd love to buy your car. <laughs> yeah. It's like Titanic. <laughs> You're gonna have Paxson show up yeah. and uh, with it's the old a lady, film, you know, it's right? same yeah. thing. She right? throws the, the jewel in the ocean. Yeah. yeah, well
3: what a great female character. Dad yeah. wants her to to marry her off and she's like one more fling, and then she goes and's running with this wild sure. guy racing a Porsche. Come on. Mm-hmm. I'm going to that. And then movie. his
0: thankless nephew sells the car to Jerry <laughs> Yeah.
2: Keeps Her, it out, uh, grandson. out in the driveway <laughs> without a, a, yeah. a tarp on it. Rusting. Uh, rotting. That's exactly what she's doing. How
0: long are we? Uh, uh, we we're, were pretty long, right? 120. 120. Jeez. Okay. All right. Hour and 20 minutes, man.
2: Well, it's been fun. The talk show You're with Spike Ferrisen wasn't that long, was it? <laughs> no, it was not. <laughs> I mean, come on. So, so do you know, so so uh, Car Matchmaker with Spike Ferrisen. It's Wednesday yes. nights at 9 o'clock. On Esquire channel. That's it. And uh, you just started uh, uh, episode one of season three, just started. So you've got 15 more episodes to go. Two, I think we. Uh, Are they shot? Uh, two have aired. We just aired one with the pitchers, CJ
3: Wilson and Tyler Scatch oh, And yeah, the LA Angels. And mm-hmm. uh, we're off. So yeah, they're all in the can. They'll be airing from oh, now right. through October, November.
0: That's the beat. You just sit back and, and relax now.
3: Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> kind of.
3: Well no, you have a lot
0: of things you're working on. Can we talk about what you guys work on or no? We yeah, don't want to talk I, about that.
3: I started a production company with okay. an old friend and we've been in business for about a year and we have probably, you know, I think fifteen to twenty things in various stages of development. One with our friend Steve Lemmy okay. right here that we're working on. What kind
0: of car should but, Steve Lemmy drive?
3: uh well minivan
0: he's not asking for help so okay. i'm not really okay gonna okay, give okay. It. Never, mind. okay. <laughs> never mind never mind never <laughs> mind okay go go but he's
3: puerto rican so yeah I know, you know yeah. Low rider, something low something likely. low and wide and noisy yeah, yeah something super noisy. i got to drive a low rider by the way on the show and i loved it did it bounce it did <laughs> Was it one of the <laughs> and we laugh at these cars but when you get there are two things that make the low rider one is the bounce the other one is the bass Okay. So, booming radio, mm, right. and then when you're at a light and you know you have nothing to do, you check your phone, instead you're hitting these levers and you're bouncing around. Right. Forget it. It's the greatest thing in the world. I saw a great speaks one. speaks to you, doesn't it?
2: Well, I saw a great one the other day that literally, <laughs> it's like, <laughs> wheels, like it went up on a 45 yes. degree angle. and and is that a red light on a, at a forty-five yeah, degree really? angle? Oh got yeah,
3: it. it's hilarious. Yeah. it's really fun to do. Ah. I highly recommend it, even if you're not Puerto Rican. Thank yeah. you. Anyway, am right, Sorry, you I know, interrupted. We're it. doing that. We're yeah. we got a cool little project that we're doing half hour. We really shouldn't talk about it because it's development. Okay. But, yeah. No talking. But, um, but, but you guys are working together. The only with a couple reason I say this because you never know this stuff if it gets killed next week. And sure. That, you know, it turns that's it why, why you have to twenty it's things. Very funny idea that Steve and his writers brought over to us okay. that we're, uh that we love. And
0: is that where you do your, con, your, your production company you're you're developing new new half hour stuff or Mostly
3: that... right now we have unscripted stuff. Okay. Not surprisingly a lot of stuff in the car space. Yeah. Um um and right now like the these last couple of weeks we're putting together our scripted stuff for the year. That's so great. this is one of a couple projects It's, that we're ca- it's about. getting to be that time. It's going to be pitch time yeah. isn't it? it, it? It's yeah. funny though cuz it's mm-hmm. like
2: it's like and Spike is being kind to me. Like I was at that point in time Mike and Colbert and Pelletieri, yeah. and I had we wrote three spec scripts together. Right. And then we just, I forget why we <clears throat> stepped away. It was all timing. Like, uh, I, I can't remember what we were doing. But yeah. Spike w- was pitched one of the ideas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then uh, came along. It's funny because, like, it, it's only started to dawn on me recently. You and I were talking about it. I was like, you know, I mean, you're television royalty. Like, you oh, yeah. ran the best mm-hmm. for Spike show is hard on, for me. in history. <laughs> yeah, 20 <laughs> years ago. But, <laughs> but still, it's like, it's one of the, like, I literally was saying to him, I was like, it's, it's, I, I actually don't remember another time doing this. Like, I've actually surrendered myself to it. Like I'm, <laughs> I'm literally like, don't. I'm just going to listen to what you have to say. It doesn't don't, happen very often, Spike. It doesn't just, happen often, this guy. this don't, guy. don't. don't. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks. It's good. Thanks for the, no, thanks yes. for the advice. I want this to be your show. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you God, guys are on it, not me. It's I'm here to help now. you. Yeah, yeah. It's, well, anyway, so yeah, so, so that's how... So
0: you're it. just sitting at the at the feet of Spike and Not really. Getting jewels of wisdom is we, what you're doing, Lemmy. We let
3: me. Uh, bang this one back and forth. This has been uh, a fun one. Like, they take it up to a certain level and yeah. throw it to me, then I take it one way and different way and throw it back to them, and... Eventually, you know, it'll yeah. get attacked by the studios and <laughs> <laughs> the, the network, and yeah. we'll all be together in the, powers the same room. But it's you know, development is always different and um, and fun. But uh, it's a good crew. This is like there are four of us, and that's the perfect amount of writers in a room to figure something out. To bad ideas anything around anything bigger. It
2: yeah if it gets bigger, I
3: find it gets a little competitive yeah. but um, it's hard to collaborate. no but
2: you know it's like you know like you think like before you get into situations, I think you have you have your preconceived notion of what it's going to be like mm-hmm. yeah. you know, and so it's like i remember when we when we were meeting at the at the airport that day, you know we were trying to break down what the episodes were going to be, and you know like I looked over, and Spike was doing what we all do. He's like, ah, oh, fuck, all right, what do we do? What do, we do? God, what, what should we think about? Do we do? And we're all, you realize it's like we're we all, all right here. F- yeah, yeah. trying to figure out what yeah, yeah, yeah. the hell is going on here. Yeah. And, you know, you start, like, looking on the Internet and figuring out where you can get an idea from or something like that. Sure. It's just, you know,
3: yeah, you tr- it's, it's hard, especially now, because comedy is so hard, you know? Yeah. How much comedy are we all watching? Yeah, it's yeah. something I wanted to bring up yeah. today. The state of television comedy is not good right now. Yeah. And, you know, I think of, of of everything that I'm watching. But I mean, what do you it,
0: think? Network more so than than. Uh... I don't
3: know. I can only speak for myself. Uh, I'm not watching a lot of comedy. Yeah. If I want to laugh, I'll go to see someone do stand up, and I watch Silicon Valley. I watch Silicon Valley. That's it. And the rest Albert. of it's Game of Thrones yeah. and going back to, you know, this week I went back on vacation to the first season of Game of Thrones with yeah. my wife and we rewatched the first one. Oh, you did? But, yeah. You know, you start to wonder, like, well, I'm watching so much drama, do I even want to write comedy anymore? I know. You know what I mean? Or am I... But I don't, don't mean, you think maybe that's a little
0: bit because, like, you don't... Like, I, I find I watch dramas to get away from the comedy thought.
3: That's the lie I think I've been telling yeah. myself. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But if I were to look back at where I started... All I was watching was comedy. I was it's watching true. late night comedy, Saturday Night Lives, and going back through the But and even network half hours, and, you know, I don't watch those like I used to. But I, would, I there. guess there wasn't a lot of comedy when, I would watch Seinfeld because I knew it was funny, but yeah. even in the half hour
2: comedy world at that time, that was the only show that was really... But when you were a kid, though. I yeah, mean, but historically... Yeah. Happy Days and... But those were also them. classic shows. I mean, they were, they were yeah. great shows that still... St- I mean, you watch Happy Days now, it's... It's still phenomenal.
0: Well, I guess it's all relative, though, and this is why do, why do they not make those
2: shows right now? Well, but, that, that you know, it's like there are very few shows in history, half-hours, I think, that are genuinely funny. Science I guess so, but cheers. like, is, is,
0: is like Big Bang Theory the new happy... I mean, is that, like, I think of the are. same level? I was level, talking or?
3: to a producer the other day who told me that um, he was meeting with one of these online giants, and they were saying, here's the dirty secret about these uh, comedies, these half-hour comedies. We have the data that shows what people are watching, yeah. how long they're watching, and how much they're watching. And they're only watching multicam sitcoms, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. according to the data. They yeah. won't say that. They won't favorite them, whatever it is. But these single-camera shows do not perform as well. I have a theory. They win awards. But what people watch, eyeballs on the screen, are all multicam sitcoms. why? I have, I have a theory. I have At least on this online entity. Okay. And it's
2: one of the big ones. I have a theory. And it's, uh, we've spoken about this before. Yeah. I think that – unfortunately, I think that uh, with single-camera shows – with multi-camera shows when they were shot in front of a studio audience, you actually had to deliver jokes one after the other. Yeah. To keep – and you know, it's like you'd watch Cheers, and it was just like joke, 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 mm-hmm. and they were great jokes. Yeah. Whereas I think single-camera shows now, they don't have to do that. And so what happens is – Because it's more cinematic because it's more cinematic in front of an audience
3: yeah well you don't well, know well the audience doesn't lie yeah well you yeah. don't get a laugh you don't know it in a single cam yeah you just laugh at your own joke and go, yeah true. no
0: that works that's what movies make all- <laughs> the movie making is all that yeah that's but right. then
2: well, we'll still put that in front of a test audience and sure. see how it goes but yeah. I, I just think that like for you know regular people myself included it's like when I watch some of the single camera shows it's just a slower pace it's a I guess so but it pace. doesn't mean
0: that the multicams are funnier
2: well, right. except that the multi, the like m- I don't watch the Chuck, I don't watch the Chuck Lorre shows. I don't, I don't know. If, yeah, but those jokes you know. are coming so fast, yeah. and if it's a good one, like, like frankly, Two and a Half Men, I remember, like, you know, it was like when uh, I heard who's Kiss. bigger than Chuck Lorre though. Right now, I know it. F- no, that's world. what I mean. You know what I mean? That's what I mean. But, but I don't, I don't really. But but watch Two and a Half them. Men was actually a pretty funny show when, like, uh, when they were in their prime. I think, like, I'd, I'd watch yeah. it. I didn't watch it, but when I did, I was like, holy, it's pretty funny because yeah. the jokes are coming fast right. and
3: furious. But now you're in the position where you're going out to develop this
2: stuff. Yeah. It's not the thing you watch the most, right? That's, no, the, that's, that's the problem interesting. Yeah. I start to have. Nor do I write like, it the same, the same way that, that I do a, a single-camera show. Like, I have written and developed multi-camera shows before, and literally I, I start to look at the page, and I count mm-hmm. how many jokes are there. And I'm like, there's a joke, right? there's a joke. I'll come across a page where there's no jokes. I'm like, I need two jokes here yeah. on this page. And so I start to work on it that way, and then it's, at the end of it, you're like, yeah, joke, 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 joke. It's a different mm-hmm. I do like multi camp I like working on them. I
3: like listening to the audience. The audience doesn't lie. You yeah. know, you've got to show it every week, and you have to make the people laugh as long as you're actually doing that, not prompting them to laugh. But it seems like it's cyclical. Don't, don't you think? I mean, there are eras. I, don't know, I really don't have any answers here. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, every one of these things becomes this interesting little journey that, you know— I can control stuff. But when you think bit. to develop we'll see a where, show, watch where this goes. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's it's funny too cuz like <laughs> either it crashes yeah. and when we pitch it to the network and we never even get it sold yeah. or it's you know someone attaches and it takes on a life of its own and suddenly it's getting shot and gets on the air. Yeah. And then you
2: force yourself to like it yeah. while you're yeah. shooting <laughs> yeah. it.
3: You're like, this, is the greatest. this is great. Yeah. I single-handedly brought it back <laughs> yeah. because this is my job. Yeah,
2: it's the new Seinfeld, trust. <laughs> me. Yeah. No, but I I'm, I'm having one of those moments now that I've I've already had several times though where it's like I'll present my authoritative opinion. on so like, because here's the thing: you write the jokes, it's there, in the, and then Spike starts talking. I'm like, okay, wait hold on, Spike is talking. <laughs> do, you, do you ever do you ever catch the three of us like when you start to like the other week? You well, were talk- someone has to lead. Yeah, someone has to. Oh. or it's just going to be
3: craziness. Yeah, it's going to be yes. you, by the way. Yeah, I know. Well, that's <laughs> what I've been hired to do here. Yeah. That's the resume right that's there, bro. That's What I have to do, <laughs> no. I have to do that.
2: But it's like, do you ever do you remember? Uh, is Wayne's World or Wayne's World Two? when they have the guy who's telling the great rock and roll stories. Like, yeah, and, two. It's two. Yeah, yeah, and Eric Clapton had a Bengal tiger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and <laughs> everybody's giving them their undivided attention. Yeah. Do you ever, like, when, you're t- when we ask you a question and you're like... Because we asked... I remember the other day, were, I was like, uh, how did it work in the Seinfeld uh, room? And you're like, oh, we'd all go in and pitch ideas about you know what you were saying earlier. Like, if I had a, g- a girl who only ate the tops, tops off the muffins, it was the muffin top episode. Do you ever, like, look over and notice that we're all, like, Starry-eyed, looking at you. Oh, that's funny. No,
3: <laughs> not at all.
2: You should look. You should look for that next time. Look more closely, Spike. Yeah, we will see stars in our. Look rest. at the I'm pupils. Trying to remember,
3: there have been so many. You know, there's so many sets of rules with some of these executives. Like the ones we're working with now, I I know a little bit, so mm-hmm. I can't, I'm trying to think back of all the little things that I've learned and things that they've said that we're going to be up against there. Right? Yeah. That either we're going to pay attention to or not. And they have all these funny little rules that
0: you know. But that's the amazing. Then that that directs you, you in your writer's room. Where you're trying to anticipate what they're going to say. It's always you
3: know? for me a tricky game of politics and comedy writing. Sure. Like, how do I? How do we preserve what's funny, what we all think is funny right now in that room, and also not alienate the people who are going to help move us forward yeah. and gain support as we move up to yeah. eventually cut off that support and do our yeah. thing? Yeah. I, what I, I, mean? I feel like that's one of the most important things that you learn as
0: you get older as a writer is diplomacy.
3: Yes. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's absolutely necessary. <laughs> it's necessary. Like know, whether you're trojan-horsing you, things. First hand. I mean, coming off of Seinfeld. Just yeah. watching how that show worked, I thought that's how television worked. Yeah. The network executives would come in to Larry and Jerry and say, would you please do a promo with us? We're having a crossover night with the uh, the single guy. <laughs> right. And Larry would go, fuck you. We're not doing that. Yeah. And, they'd be, and laugh. And he goes, go, but you can have some of our lunch, but don't say a word during, you know, it was all fun and games, but sure. Larry had the upper hand. Yeah. So when I left Seinfeld, all of us did. That's how we talked to executives. Right. <laughs> Very frankly. Right. None of us had jobs after right. that. You know? Right, right because they were like, fuck you, what are yeah. you talking about? You know. So yeah. I'm afforded nothing. But I, I feel like that's why executives now,
0: they get so happy
3: when you're diplomatic with them because they are like, oh, my God, this is well, but that, who's, uh, who's diplomatic to well, me. Well, they're yeah. in an awful job too. Everybody's Absolutely. In a, everybody's in an yeah. awful space, an awful job. Yeah. And you're, you know, it's tough. Yeah,
0: well, yeah. I mean, it's like, it doesn't
3: get anything. I
0: mean, the last pilot we made, they're like, "You guys are just the nicest guys to work with I've ever." Yep. And then they don't pick the well, show because you know. Kevin
2: Riley came came along and <laughs> That's ruined true. our No, but like, That's true. You, you know... Hang yourself. Yeah. When we had uh, we had the development deal at Warner Brothers. Yeah. The, that we started working with writers who were bringing in scripts, and they'd come in, and you'd give them notes.
3: They'd be
1: fucking. And they would dig their heels in in the oh, room, and they're so
2: like, uh, "You're like, you know what? Go fuck yourself!" <laughs> I, like, like you're gonna be <laughs> like that. Like I'm actually. Better at this than you I, are. I'm right. trying stuff to help you. Yeah, <laughs> I want to make you help you make. You don't have to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just don't be an asshole to me, right? But that's the creative reaction. It's like, yeah, you know, yeah. Well, that's what I'm you learn as collaborate you get. And I'm not
0: going to fuck you. You know.
2: Yeah, but, but, that yeah. is actually when I learned. I was like, right. oh, you should just, you know, go with the flow in the room, and then that's the point of diplomacy. Is yeah. that
0: you pretend to. Yeah, you, you got to find Nice, but you also you have want. to find
3: a way to preserve what's great about your idea. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Silicon Valley. If that's the only show you're watching, if, if you're an executive, listen. Just do what they did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Note that pro- your project's the same way. Sure. And yeah. Find something. But, but, but that's
0: that's come from the Seinfeld pedigree, though, don't you think? Silicon Valley.
3: Yeah. Maybe. Yeah.
0: You know. those, I, I mean, I guess Mike stories, Judge. You know, we get Mike Valberg Judge is also is, he's, he's a got a huge track record it, right? for success too, yeah.
2: right? But that's yeah. you know, it's interesting because I heard Seinfeld talking about it regarding the Louis C.K. show on FX, right? And how much control they were giving him, and he was saying that you know it's. When you're a stand-up comedian, you know this: that you know you nobody knows what's going to work. Like we were talking about earlier, right? You you do the joke that you think is going to work, and the audience will tell you what's funny. And so, right. in, in that regard, nobody knows what's funny. So the executives should just trust the person who's the professional, <laughs> right? <laughs> yes, because and that person's going to bomb too. <laughs> but when they fail, then the executive is on
0: the hook for it. That's the. But it's a big sure.
3: reason guys at that level don't want to go create shows. They just don't want to hear the dumb notes. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. Because we've gotten plenty. <laughs> That's
0: all right. I've given the
1: dumb notes. Yeah. And I've heard the we've dumb notes. We've given them. We've taken them. <laughs> yeah. That's all right.
0: All right. Well, yeah, let's wrap let's, it up. Let's chew. We've, we've kept Spike too long. Yeah. He's got shit to do, man. By the way, do you know Spike's real name? It's Michael. It's Mike. I looked Mike. it up. Where is Spike's a nickname, then? There aren't, is. there aren't a lot of Spikes out there, you know? No. We,
3: okay. don't, we don't give ourselves our own nicknames. This is <laughs> given to me on certain ant Sometimes people do. Okay. Hairlicks. And my hair was. You had a hair like, and so they called, so they spike. called you Spike. Yeah. Okay, and, and it I stuck. Did, I didn't want to be fired, right? So I rhymes with Mike. I let everybody call me Spike, and as a joke, I made my credit Spike. <laughs> Everything. I would be in Great. TV that long. And do people and know you growing at. up? Or
0: like, who's this fucking Spike Ferriston? Uh, they've all. Like,
3: I was a kid. I had dad a, a lot like, of nicknames growing up. Uh, okay. In high school, I was Vinnie Sanchez for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> I think it started. I was Vince because I look like Vince the Muskrat and Deputy Dog. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So Love okay, I, just rolled, Dog. I just rolled. I just rolled with it. Okay. You know, I don't fight it.
0: Has now it, you're living a nickname. You're living a nickname. Yeah. Right now. Yeah. My
3: wife married right. Spike. My kids know me as Spike. Sure. Does your dad call you Spike? My dad's dead. Thank you. Sorry. You dead. The uh, ending me on that anything.
0: note, with the Ouija board. But he did.
3: My mom, you know, it's it's weird when my mom does, but has, she calls you Spike or yeah. she calls you Michael. She calls me Spike. Really? Yeah. Okay. That's I really, funny. The, the simple rule for a nickname is wherever you met the person, you call them that name. Yeah. When the when you shook the hand for the first time, that's right. the rule. Right. Right. right? Yeah. But when I came out of my mom. She didn't call me Spike. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. But now she does. <laughs> now she does.
2: Oh, has anybody ever like? um like, in a fit of anger, like, accuse you of, like, oh, well, I knew you before you were this Spike Farriston.
3: Oh, yeah, that happened once at a high school graduation, Mm -hmm. a reunion, high school reunion. Like, they think it's
2: a persona that you have uh, now embodied?
3: No, someone made a comment about it. I I don't know. It was the last one I went to.
0: But he's now
2: lived his
3: life longer as Spike than not Spike, right? Yeah, yeah. Right, so now he is Spike. It's also, but you know, might not be my last nickname. <laughs> I guess that's true. <laughs> this is just the latest mm.
0: nickname. Lemmy and the Mikes might give you one on your <laughs> new project. And yeah, I like boom.
3: being part of the Mikes. Yeah, you're it's, a Mike. Ta- yeah, it's now Mikes it is and, Lemmy and the Mikes. Three Mikes and a Lemmy. Jesus. Okay. Yeah. In that's this crew, It's
0: good. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. Let's wrap it up. All right. I'm chewing something um, delicious. Thank you, Spike. It was a pleasure. Hey, fun conversation, fun, man. It's nice to be here. Yeah. In the thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks
2: for coming on the meltdown. All right. What are you chewing on the way out? Uh, I'm going to choose some uh, legal seafood clam chowder, because that's uh, what I was thinking when uh, Spike was telling me he used to I used to work there.
0: Oh, you did? Yeah, oh, you did? Yeah, that's right. We, w- in Boston? Legal seafood. I was going to make a which joke one? One?
2: that it was legal seafood. It's the only place I was. It was. Yeah. I Wh- shucked oysters. Which, which one, one, though? Park which uh,
0: what, what part of Boston? Which right. There are multiple ones, right? Park Plaza. Is that the original? The original. Is that in ba- the Back Bay area? or no? Is that yeah. yeah, right in Back right, Bay. Right, okay. I've been to that one. I've been to that one.
2: I'm. You know what? This is my first ever uh, two course chew. <laughs> I'm gonna have some clam chowder. I'm gonna have some oysters that uh, Spike has shucked. From. Oh, that he shucked oysters? <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's fucking great. By though. the way, y- you know what? Like, I'm a big. I worked at a City Crab Seafood Restaurant. I'm a oh, big what? oyster connoisseur. I'm gonna do. Uh, oyster matchmaker on Esquire. <laughs> <laughs> I can I can hook a person up. You with You would You and a way it. to drive those oysters. Yeah, you would get a little on small it. on camera. Yeah, yeah. Listen, listen, especially a Kumamoto oyster. Thank you very much. <laughs> Smallest oyster in the world. Okay, what do well, you
0: need? I'm going to go back to my uh, burgers and dogs from yesterday. Okay, Fourth of July weekend, bro.
2: Will you tell Spike the amazing statistic you told me? What did I tell? About uh you had people over on oh, Saturday. Oh, we
0: had a party on Saturday. Small party, just four families came over. Mm-hmm. And um uh my wife thought I drank too much. And um <laughs> so I the next morning we we looked in the recycle I had a recycle bin outside, you know, where everyone put their beer cans. And uh there were Eighteen beer cans that were drunk, which is not a big number not for <laughs> for seven adults, right? Mm-hmm, not a yeah. big number. And then we determined that I drank eleven of them. <laughs> <laughs> so I had eleven of the beer of the, and then and then and the other six adults had a beer each. Yeah. So that gives you perspective into my party. It's July second, yeah. man. It's my yep, own personal it's your party. Day. Mm-hmm. But then I was cut off for the rest of the weekend. So. Yeah. No more drinking.
2: Until, yeah,
0: yeah. Mm-hmm, yeah. I'm, I'm in training. Okay.
2: So. Yeah, we're in training. Okay. In training. Mm-hmm. okay. All right. Good. S- see you on TMZ.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay. Thanks, everyone. Chew, <laughs> chew. Yeah, you're going to okay. chew something yeah. on the way out? You're to uh, chew. i going to sip. He's going to sip. Okay. Gonna sip. Okay. Gonna sip okay. Some, okay. some drink. He's going to chew muffin top. Okay.
2: Thanks, everyone. <laughs> thanks, Spike. <laughs> yes, yeah, Spike. Thanks for joining us. Talk to everyone next week. Car Matchmaker and Esquire channel every Wednesdays at 9 p.m. Mm-hmm. Thanks, everybody. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Now leaving Nerdist.com. We'll <smart> be <noise>